Hey everybody, welcome back to America's Game, episode number 21. Scott, we got 21 in the books, man. Um, gonna be another good episode. I think I came up with a pretty good idea for this one, so how you doing, man? You ready for uh, getting ready for the playoffs here? Are you ready to go for the uh, fantasy playoff run? Yeah, it's uh, unlucky week 13. Lucky week 13, maybe, depending on where you stand, but uh, episode 21... Unlucky week 13, some symmetry to this one. So glad to be back for another one and uh, looking forward to the show. Yeah, me too. Hopefully um, it's not an unlucky week 13. I think week 12 uh, was a little unlucky for me and you again. Just a little update on our main event. So last year we lost, we missed the playoffs by five point, like two points. This year we missed it by 2.5 points. So an extreme just... 10 people kicking you in the balls at the same time. <laughs> well, correction. Much. It it was, there's some symmetry here. Okay. Last year, we missed the playoffs. I looked it up. We missed the playoffs last year by 5.1 points. 5.1, okay. This year, 2.55. Okay. So in theory, we were 50% closer yeah. this year. So next year, if we do another main event, that means we'll miss out by exactly 1.5-ish next year. Yeah. Or no, 1.25-ish next year. Yeah, I don't know if I can do that. And that would be, I mean, last year was a kick in the balls. This year, it was a closer loss, but it also felt like it wasn't as dramatic. You know, it felt like we needed, I believe it was 12.55 or less from Matt Ryan on Monday night to advance because our opponent essentially had to lose and score under a certain amount of points. Uh, He lost, but didn't score under the prerequisite number of points. So we didn't get in, but asking a starting quarterback to score, you know, under 13 is, I mean, we had a shot, but it wasn't. It was looking good at halftime. We were looking good. Yeah. The first quarter he was at negative. So we're sitting here going like, man, if he can just, you know, not put up a bunch of garbage yards and the clock can just run out. We have a chance. Um, but it's it's a tough task to ask a starting quarterback to score less than 13 points. Like, you got to be really, really bad, which Matt, Matt Ryan qualifies as really, really bad. But, you know, in a given game, it's not that hard to get to those. In, in FFPC scoring, it's actually one point per 20 yards passing and not 25. So really, even if you don't throw for touchdowns or don't run for any yards. Like you can still score 12 points by just essentially lucking your way to like 240 yards basically. Mm. And, you know, he had that garbage run at the end where he got an extra 14 yards rushing, which if you would have told me Matt Ryan's going to crack 20 yards rushing on the game, I'd tell you you're fucking crazy, you know, because the guy moves like a sloth. But Luckily, that run was not the difference in whether we won or lost. Because I don't know if you watched, but that run came on like a, a second and 20 or something like that. And literally, they knew that he, he, he can't throw the ball down the field. You know what I mean? Okay. So they're just sitting back, like dropping nine with like 30 seconds left. And they're just like, okay, Matt Ryan, try to throw it down the field. And there's literally no one there. Like you could have run through the fucking hole and got 10 yards. Right, right. So it's like, really, are you really going to, but luckily we didn't lose on that run. I would have tilted if we would have lost on that Matt Ryan run. Cause that's just a, I mean, that is a kick in the balls to have a guy that literally has like, you know, 
80 yards rushing in the last two years get a you know 22 yards rushing in a game so right yeah it was rough though rough way to go out yeah i just look back on all the times you know all the things that we could you know did miss out on like if we would have drafted Brees hall we would have definitely been in if we would have I, I mean, just our talk- sit starts in week 12, man. If we would have played Hunter Henry over Dawson right. Knox, which we didn't really do. We didn't really debate that, but, you no. know, that would have been the difference. Had we played a different defense, would have been the difference. Had we played, you know, I think we played Debo Samuel over Chris Olave, it would have been like a four-point difference. That would have been the difference. But, I mean, right. how many decisions do we make throughout the year and it's a difference of four points? You know, like, right. you can't kick yourself for every one of those. The week before when we debated on, man, do we play Graham Gano in this fucking wind? And we are like, ah, just fuck it. We'll go with him. And he puts up a fucking zero. Yep. Uh, we sh- we would have switched him out. Got any fucking kicker, basically, we would have we would have made it. We could look back. There was probably 20 decisions we made throughout right. the year that would have swung more points than, than what our difference right. was, whether we made it or lost. I, I think the one takeaway that I have from this year versus uh, – past years and maybe something to change going forward is points matter the way things are right now it it is we think we know what's going to happen and i think a lot of times we forget where things truly stand in week 12 week 13 compared to where we think they stand before the season we are way too sure about how things are going to go right and really you could almost argue that because I'll, I'll never forget, Jay and I had a team last year that won, a, won a league, okay? And it really wasn't that great of a team, but it won the league, and it had lost Derrick Henry as an anchor running back. Mm. And you might sit there and go, man, that's that's tough to do, because Derrick Henry basically missed the whole rest of the second half of the year, right, last year? Yep, yep. But we had such a commanding lead in the first part of the half of the year when he was playing, it allowed us to be a little more aggressive in some waiver pickups. It allowed us a little bit of a cushion to where we knew we were going to at least get in the money, you know? Right, right. And it was the difference. I mean, getting those points early, even if you lose them late because of an injury or something like that, uh, it, it just feels better. Like, how how for how long were we seemingly fighting on the edge of the playoffs? We were either in by a game or in by a couple points or right on the fringe of being out. Like we were never like in the top spot for half the year and in it had a commanding lead. And the last two weeks we got two losses. I think if we would have got those two wins, we probably would have been in one win. We would have been in extra points. We would have been in, but we were never in a position where it's like, okay, I feel real good about, where we're standing it was always i feel good about where we are because it looks like our schedule is favorable Mm -hmm. which is a fluke because the schedule is favorable until you have a shitty week and the team you play that's still trying puts up you know one of our opponents put up like 160 some points in a week where they're projected 122 yeah it's like okay what are you supposed to do on paper that looked like that's a team we should beat and then they had a big week boom we lost so right. I, th- I think it's just getting wins and getting points early matters more because it's such a short season at next year i just i don't want to i want to do what we can to try to not start in such a big freaking hole but right let our bygones be bygones for sure all right so on this episode 
Uh, I came up with this idea last night for me and Scott to talk about. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over like our top five, maybe a couple extras at each position who we think are going to be league winners for you coming down the stretch here. Guys you can maybe acquire or you already have. But we're going to talk about who those guys are, their their schedules, and then we're going to talk about if you don't have those players, how do you acquire them? What would be the, the package or what could um, you know the total price be for that player? So I think it's a good exercise. And you know right before the trade deadlines here, I think they're coming up either this weekend, next weekend for most leagues. So I think it's a good exercise. Yeah, it'll be fun to uh, not only talk about some players, but also talk about. Um, I think I hope what I what we can gain from this episode is, uh, yes, we're going to talk some players, but hopefully, if you can get some thought processes behind why to make some trades, like you may have a different opinion on if you want to buy this player or not. And I, I don't think we necessarily make dynasty trades just because of the last month of the season, right? Mm-hmm. But I think you can generate some ideas of, okay, maybe I don't want to buy this player that Eric and Scott are talking about, but I like the process of why they're making the deal in the first place. And you can come up and create your own. I think just like template ideas of types of trades to make, it makes for good discussion. So that's what I hope to get out of this uh, by kind of talking through these lists with you. Um, I did want to share a trade that I made that I was talking through with Ray earlier today and it was kind of a cool concept that I thought would be a good podcast topic. So I didn't tell you about this before, but I think it's a good top to kind of talk through. And I think it probably applies to a lot of people that are in leagues that have toilet bowls. Mm-hmm. So here's the scenario and I'll just get your take on this. So basically, and there's some, there's some caveats in this too, which make it even more interesting. So say you are a team that has kind of been, I don't want to say you've been tanking, but, In my instance, I was kind of tanking because I realized pretty early on in the season that I wasn't going to be a contender or a playoff team. Mm -hmm. And so this is a league where you can basically put players on and off the taxi freely like our leagues can. You can just put guys on and off and basically do what you're doing in a couple where you just hide your players on the taxi and they don't hurt your potential points. I was doing the same thing. So when I realized I wasn't going to make the playoffs, I put... You know, like George Pickens, Garrett Wilson, Damian Pierce, all those guys were on my taxi. I have about a 300-point cushion now, and I'm pretty much locked into the 102. I can't get the 101 because they're like 200 points below me, but I'm also not going to lose the 102. So it's pretty much locked up. Mm. And now there's some incentive for me to bring my guys off the taxi because there's a toilet bowl. So now I have to get out of the last, the second to last spot, right? Because the buys are weird here because it's like a 113. Um, you get an easier matchup the higher you finish in the standings. Okay. So it's not like playing for the 101 where like our USFFL, there's, if you're the last place team, you get a buy, right? Right, right? Here, if you're the last place team, you don't get a buy. Okay. So like three plays six, four plays five. So there's actually a chance that I could get up to being, I think there's a team that's four and eight and then four and eight and then three and nine, three and nine. And then there's an O and 12. So in theory, I could get to like uh, eighth place, which would mean I would actually get a buy in the toilet bowl tournament. Mm-hmm. So I'm shooting for that. So I brought my players up. I'm going to try to win the last couple weeks 
to push me into the buy range for the toilet bowl. The toilet bowl in this case gets the 113. Okay, so we're playing for the 113. I also have Deshaun Watson on that team. So I get Deshaun back. So basically I'm now adding to a team that was already three and nine. I'm adding Pickens, Damian Pierce, Garrett Wilson, Deshaun Watson. So I got a shot to, to, to win the toilet bowl. Right. So I'm holding four twenty-three firsts. Two of them are guaranteed to be like playoff picks, top four. So yeah. one one of them could be the one oh eight, but I'm guessing right now that one of them's the one ten, one of them's the one twelve, if the if the league ended today. Mm-hmm. So pretty close. You would agree that those picks are kind of the same tier as the one thirteen, right? Exactly. Yeah, they're no different. Yeah. So I traded away one of those picks and I let the person pick whatever one they wanted. Cause I think these teams, even though one is the one twelve and one is the one ten, I think both both teams pretty much have the same shot to win the championship. So okay. I'm like, I whatever, you can pick which one you want. So I traded away what would be the one ten for Christian Watson, Jalen Warren. So on the surface, if I just told you late first for Jalen Warren and Christian Watson, what side would you take? I probably would take right now. I think I would take Watson and Warren. I think you get a spot start with Warren this week and a pretty decent matchup. And Watson's been a lot better than we thought he would. And he's on my list today of players to talk about and looking at his schedule the rest of the way at Chicago this week, Chicago's defense has been one of the worst since they traded Roquan, they traded Robert Quinn, and then they just got two major injuries last week. Uh, Brisker's been out, and then uh, Eddie Jackson's out for the year, I think. Uh, Kyler Gordon's been banged up. So their defense is in shambles. Then a bye. Then Rams. The Rams have given up. At Miami, which has been a stiff this year on defense. They've been giving up a shit ton of points. And Minnesota. And Minnesota hasn't been very good this year uh, defensively either. So Christian Watson has a really good schedule the rest of the year. So, yeah, I think I would go with Watson and Warren. Yeah, and I think that was one of the reasons why I did it. And the second reason was I don't have any Christian Watson. I think I was just looking at part of part of what I'm bringing to my buy list today is I ran a bunch of those receiver numbers and put them in the Discord. But I'm going to talk about some of that today with in terms of receivers that I want to buy. But his last four games, if you just isolate, assuming that you know it's a small sample size, right? But if you isolate a lot of the metrics in terms of usage, so you're looking at like market share, yards per outrun, targets per outrun, that kind of stuff, he's right up there with all the other good rookies. Right. Since he's been like a full-time player. So he's, I think, I know you and I really didn't like Christian Watson, but I think he's kind of shown that like if you're going to make a bet on him, the time to bet on him is now before he goes through that schedule, before he potentially smashes for four more games. And then in the off season, he's going to be harder to buy into. Like in a startup, you're going to have to pay top 24 wide receiver prices to get him. Right. And like, that's really not a great process to start spending that because then if he gets in that range, then he becomes one of those guys where it's like, if he doesn't take the next step into being elite, then he's just another one of those like average warp receivers that I rather not pay the price because you're going to have to pay the, well, dude, he just smashed as a rookie tax. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather have like Brandon Ayuk because he's probably just as good, but he's not going to be nearly as in demand because he's been around for two more years. Mm. So I think the time to buy like is right now. And if he flames out, he flames out. But like 
you kind of want to buy him on the way up, especially with the schedule. Uh, but here's the other thing that made this deal cool. And this is where the listeners can get an idea from it. So two things. These draft picks are before the NFL draft. Okay. So you would agree in this year's class, if you have to pick that 110 before the NFL draft, that's like a that's like a fucking crapshoot, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, so, so is the 113 that you're playing for. <laughs> exactly, but that's that partially devalues the pick a little bit, right? Because, you right. I mean... You last year, if you would have picked like Desmond Ritter or someone like that, like you got screwed. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And then the second thing is, if I win the one thirteen, it's almost like a free Christian Watson. Right. So like that type if of trade you hit on it, you got to hit on it though too because you got to pick before the draft. So well, but it okay, it's a free asset. Yeah. It's not even a free Christian Watson. What I mean is, it's a. It's replacing the pick that I traded away to get Christian Watson. Right. So I kind of look at it like if I lose, I still got – if I don't get that toilet bowl pick, I still got a pretty good deal. But if I get the toilet bowl pick, then essentially I I almost got Christian Watson basically for the swap of like one or two spots. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the exact same because the person that traded me him, obviously he gets a pick too. Like the 113 gets created, so it's not like he gets nothing. But I, I just thought that was a cool deal to think through because on the surface I'm like, man, I don't really want to give up a 23 first for Christian Watson. But then like if there's a league to do it, it's that one because the picks are before the NFL draft, so they're slightly devalued. But B, there's a toilet bulk that I can win. So it makes me think of some of my other leagues where there's toilet bowls. I mean, if you just have like an absolute dog shit team where you're like way in last place, you're not going to win the toilet bowl. Right. But if you got one of these teams where it's like you're, you just miss the playoffs, it, I kind of wonder if it might be worth, you know, especially if you have a, this wasn't obviously my first that I traded away. If I have another first, it's like a playoff pick. Does it make sense to make a deal like that to trade that pick for some points and hopefully you can win that 113 cuz if you do I don't think in this year's class the picks between like you know 108 to 204 are going to be that different. Right. I agree with that. So you think that's something that you'll do like look at any of your toilet bowls and be like is there a way I can kind of rent some points for you know the shot to cuz no one else is going to say oh no I don't want to do it because you know they the toilet bowl isn't hurting anybody. It gets created out of thin air and then given to a team, you know? Mm. So it's like, but I think there's, there's ways to do that. It makes sense to buy and add that pick, especially if you can trade a late first to get a player. If you win the pick, man, you're basically getting your first back. Right. Uh, yeah, I would definitely consider that. Cause like, if I'm looking at, um, our run and gun league, I am fourth last right now. And I think it's, um, the bottom four play the final three weeks and it's overall points for those three weeks gets, you know, the highest one gets the one thirteen, second two thirteen. So I'm just getting Watson back as well in that league. So that's a huge boost for me being uh, one of those four teams. So I'm going to get Burrow and Watson for that stretch run. Um, yeah, I would definitely be able to, to look and see if I can acquire some guys that might be able to help me there at the end for sure. I know for that league, um, another league, it's not for a toilet bowl pick, but, um, 
our fantasy scouts league. I gave up about, on that league about five weeks ago, but Justin Fields um, and Dak coming back have kind of kept me in it. Um, just based off of the last seed gets as uh, most points scored that isn't currently in the playoffs. And the last team in the in um, points scored is the very last team overall, which is Ruben. He's like two and two. Yeah, and I see Ruben's in the playoffs, but he's currently two and ten. Isn't that wild? Yeah, two and ten. Yeah, and he's he, he's, he's sold only off got a bunch me, of players too. Yeah, and he's only got seven points ahead of me, so I could easily pass him this week if I if I can score again, and I'll be the sixth seed. And I gave I traded you Amari Cooper like a month ago. Did you realize it when you traded me, Cooper? I thought I was dead because I was like zero and six at the time, or something crazy. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it, is that something you'd want to do in our leagues? Is throw that in there as a caveat? Because I think that's kind of a cool rule that the the points gets the last spot regardless. Because I mean, there are some leagues where I've yeah. seen people with people with bad records but with high points. I mean, we see that in our FFPC all the time, where it's like I mean, the, shit, the ninth we're one place of the teams. Team. We're like. I don't know. We were like five and seven, and we just made the playoffs uh, based off of high points. Yep. So is that something you'd 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 vote to change yeah. in our leagues? Because I think it makes people a little more cognizant of, you know, if they start off early in the season and they have a couple bad losses or whatever, like they're less likely to just be like, "Oh, screw it," because really all they need to do is hit on a couple spike, especially some of our deeper leagues with so many starters all you got to do is put up like a really, really big week and then mm-hmm. like you can get right back in it. So maybe we vote to kind of make that the consensus. Cause I love that rule. I think it's cool. Keeps everybody engaged longer. Yeah. I, I like that for sure. We can definitely bring that up in our leagues and there's some leagues like in my one home league, I'm four and eight, but I have like, like the third highest point scored, but I also have the most points scored against me. So it's kind of like my schedule has fucked me. And like, I, you know, you don't get to pick your schedule or anything and you don't get to pick what weeks you play certain teams and, and whatnot. So, you know, every year that changes, like you, you just get the bad hand on that one and you got to play every team that fucking high scores that week. It seems like. Yeah. I was going to ask your opinion on that too. What do you, do you like how we're doing it in like USFFL or these leagues where you play the median every week? Do you like that better than just one, a one matchup? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. I, I think it's added a little bit of, I don't want to say parody, but you get, you know, whoever the good team is, if you're above that median every week, you get an extra win. So yeah, I, I, I haven't minded that at all. I haven't seen it like uh, hurt anybody in any leagues or anything. I, I think it's only been a positive to be honest. Would you ever do one where it's just all play every week? Yeah, we we've talked about that last year. You know, I, did they ever do that for the Kentucky leagues this year? No, they. I think think they postponed it till next year. But just an okay. Even in a dynasty, we do a startup, and it in even if we did like our next USFFL league, and we did it the exact same rules, best ball, but it was just all play. There's no matchups. It's just all play all the time. So yeah. it's like it's best ball, but then it's all play. So if there's 12 teams, you're either going 12, 11 and 0, or 0 and 11, or somewhere in between every week. So the end of the year, your record's gonna be like, you know, a hundred and something and whatever. But like that's all it is. You know, it's all play every week. Doesn't matter. You just got to be consistent and score points. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna fall down the standings. Yeah. No, I like that a lot too. That 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 could definitely be a new wrinkle we can add to our uh, USFFL leagues. 
All right there, there's there's one of the wrinkles. We always have to. Every yeah. new one has to have like one yeah. or two things that are evolved from the last one. So yeah, there there's a new league that we're starting for next year. So if you if you want in, message Scott on Twitter. Yeah, may, well maybe we'll even uh, listen. We were Ray and I were trying to get it filled, and we didn't have enough people that were interested in doing it. We were going to start it up, and we were going to do retroactive scoring for the rest of 2022. But I mean, we're at a point now where it's pretty much too fucking late to start it now because it wouldn't yeah. even end until, you know, it would take two weeks to do the startup because it's auction and then it's the snake draft. So uh, we may launch this literally. Uh, I think I'll talk to Ray about it, but I think we, we launched this like. You probably do see. it during the playoffs, like the actual NFL Well, no, playoffs. like this week is week 13. So the fourth, 15, 16, 17. Okay, here we go. Christmas Day. Is the last week of the fantasy playoffs, uh-huh. or after after Christmas? Okay. Like the week after Christmas, we do it. Okay. And there's no retroactive scoring, so we just we just start again, and we just start it for 2023. So it's not like there's, you know, the whole season in 2022 would be done. Yep. But it's and literally you know, this. This will be like one of the earliest startups that is not accounting for 2022 at all. So like literally the, it's like starting the rookie draft the day after the draft, you know, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll know more about the college players um, by then too. So that'll make the Devi portion a little more fun too, as well. You'll have a lot of, I mean, Dane Brugler just put out his first mock draft yesterday. So a month from now, you'll probably have his version 2.0. McShay and Kuiper will probably get a mock draft out there. So you'll have more of an idea of who's coming out, what our teams are thinking already. So I like that. Yeah, part of what you won't have is the full uh, declaration list, though. We're still about three or four weeks away from seeing the list of who declares. So you'll have a lot of rumors you'll have a lot of buzz and stuff but you won't have like an exhaustive list so that should make the debbie draft even more fun because you'll be like mm-hmm. you take a player and then he comes back to school like a, a week after you draft well, him and you're like th- damn it i think what would be is going to be really interesting is we did all these usfl drafts before the season started uh before nfl season started and uh, maybe before the college season started too and it will be interesting to see if the owners in the league, when they go to draft, like, do we take Bryce Young first or do we take Caleb Williams, who still has a year to go, but Caleb Williams is thought to be, you know, the guy? Or Drake May. Would Drake May go ahead of C.J. Stroud? Will both of them, uh, Caleb and Drake May, go before C.J. Stroud's even picked? So I think that'll be really interesting to see too. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, the USFFL best ball. Drake May is not drafted. Yep, so he'll be... Uh, and there's no trade deadline. One. So we were talking about that the other day, that that might be a league where, you know, whoever whoever's playing in the finals for that 101 might be selling out, you know what I mean? Yep. To Make get that be... to get that one pick. Yeah. I, I think he's available in both leagues, isn't he? I didn't check the lineup one, but I know he's available in the best ball one because I'm I'm gonna miss the playoffs in the best ball one. But I'm like, I think third to last or fourth to last. So like, I yeah, don't... I have it up now. Yeah, he was not drafted in that league either, so he's available. But hey, Arch Manning was taken though, so at least Arch Manning's not available. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's interesting. 
but yeah, I know, I know the one that he's available in. I have a shot in the toilet bowl. So like, I'm kind of, I don't have a great shot, but I'm kind of wondering if that is a league that's going to be worth potentially trading something to try to get him in the last week. Cause I mean, I probably wouldn't make the trade till I'm in the finals, but if you're in the finals and it's just a one game scenario, like I don't care if I'm a bad team, I'll trade for, I'll trade for fucking Latavius Murray's and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And another one too, that'll be available in both leagues is Quishon Junkins from Old Miss. He'll be yep. available in both leagues. So yeah, there, there's going to be some interesting players. Um, available in both of those leagues. So, yeah, we'll talk about that on a future episode when it gets uh, close to that, I'm sure. Yeah, some interesting theory. So, anyway, I just want to bring up that toilet bowl thing with, uh, you know, if you have a toilet bowl and it's a later pick, a lot of toilet bowls are like a com- compensatory pick like that, like a 113. Uh, think about that. If that's your scenario, like it's not a bad idea to kind of make a bet against, you know, a player in a pick, if it can help you win that compensatory 113, because I think it's going to be in the same tier. So you can almost kind of get a, especially if you're buying a young player, like if you can buy a guy like Christian Watson that, you know, could, should retain his value into the season, like you might be able to end up essentially getting a two for one. So anyway, I thought that was a cool idea and a cool trade to work through. So let's get to our lists. Yeah. So I came up with this last night, like I said, and we're just going to kind of go over some league winners at each position, um, all five or all four of the fantasy positions and kind of talk about who we think are league winners this year and what it would take to acquire them right now. If you're in a spot to make a championship run, maybe, you know, this is a guy that you go out and acquire. So do you have um, a tight also- end list? I do have a tight end list. You, so we I didn't do a tight end list. So do you want to do your tight ends and just get them out of the way and, you know, make the worst part of the episode first? Okay. Do you want to do tight ends first or do you want to go? Yeah, no, I, I didn't make a tight end list. So I go ahead. I, I, my tight end list would consist of basically tight ends that I'm looking to stash versus like tight ends that I actually would want to buy for their schedules. So if you have a list, go for it. Um, yeah, so we can do that first. That's fine. Um, so obviously the first one is Travis Kelsey. I think he's, if you're in a playoff spot right now, or you're a contender, the number one seed or whatnot, I think that's the guy you have to go out and get. I think that's easy slam dunk. It's Travis Kelsey. He's honestly probably the biggest difference maker that we would even talk about today. Travis Kelsey. Um, he plays at Cincinnati this week at Denver, and then the fantasy playoffs, if you play a three-week playoff, he's at Houston, Seattle at home, Denver at home. Fucking smash. The only fear with Kelsey is if they win the Cincy game, Mm -hmm. they're coasting to 14 wins. Yeah, but I don't think they're sitting him for two weeks, 17 and 18. Uh, It depends. I mean, if they're thirteen and two, and there's nobody else with ten wins, and not saying they're sitting him, there's a potential that they back off him a little bit and work in some of the other guys, kind of like they did in the Rams game. Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna get his five for fifty, you know what I mean? Like he's gonna have points, but you know, I but I, even I, even five for fifty with this tight end landscape is a I, fucking slam dunk. I agree. I'm not saying it's not, and I think the other part of it's not just the rest of the season. I think the reason, especially if you find Kelsey on a team that 
obviously your scenario in your league matters. Like a lot of the teams, the biggest barrier to Kelsey is that he's just not available because he's on a team yeah. already that's smashing with him. So like the person I tried yeah. to trade him, I tried to buy him yesterday from a team that's basically my biggest competition. And I offered like the one Oh two for him and they still declined it because they're like, well, you know, you're beating me if I trade him, do you? You know what I mean? Like there is right. no in between. There isn't a negotiation. It's either I have him or he has him. It's almost like the price isn't too great to to make the trade regardless. But uh, and I think it's good because you're buying him for you're buying him for next year. Like hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's still gonna be the tight end one next year. So you know, if you can find a team that's out of it or in the playoffs, like barely or something like that. And you could still trade for him. I would, or they but... fall out of it in the next week or two. And then you can get him because they want to sell him like, Oh man, and I'm two right. games out or I'm a game out and they lose. If they're like, you know, two out with two to play, then maybe they consider selling him at the premium right. price. That's what you need to find. But like you just said, you offered the one Oh two, which would be Bryce young, probably for Travis Kelsey, you'd still be willing to do that. That would be your price if you could if you had the like the one oh two. I mean it I can see why the person declined it. I would that's a that that's about the most you'd ever pay for him. Mm-hmm. But I can see why the person declined it because they're like, I can't beat you if I give him to you. Who gives a shit if I have the one? No, or no, two? I, I get that, but I'm just asking the price you would actually pay for it, him, like the most you would pay. Here, here's the thing: is that the most? No, because here's the thing: if I know you have to trade him in two weeks because you fell out of it, I ain't giving you the fucking one hundred two. Right. And now, if you're if you're gonna dig your heels in and go, well, then I'll just eat him and keep him till next year, and I don't care if I miss the playoffs then you can challenge me back. But I'm not, if I can't get that deal done today when I'm trying to probably go for the buy and I'm trying to solidify my title run, I'm not going to let that person wait two weeks, figure out if they have Kelsey get them to the playoffs or not. And then if they don't, then bail them out with the 102 when they're out of it, especially a lot of our leagues that either have a trade deadline before week 15. So by then you're already going to know who's in the playoffs. And then some other leagues we're in don't even have a trade deadline. Mm. So I'm not giving up the 102 when the team that hasn't missed the playoffs. Right. Like, we're going to have to find some other middle ground. Like, you're going to have to kick back so, a couple seconds or something like that at minimum. If you're the one, like, say you're the 110 right now, and you're like, man, I just need that one piece to put me over the top to get me to that 112. Would you trade your 110? What else do you think you got to add to get Kelsey? Hmm... Just for it's probably gonna be the it's probably got to be the uncomfortable zone. Like, would you give up? Let's make it even higher. Would you give up? Let's say you're in that Zach position, but you're struggling at tight end. Would you give up the 105 and Dallas Goddard for Kelsey? If it puts me over the top, I think I would. Yes. Okay, so let's say you're the third or fourth seed, and you know you're not getting Goddard back till minimum week 15. But if you got Kelsey, he could push you into a buy. Yeah. Like you got to make that move now. Otherwise, yep. if you wait, you may just be like, well, if I don't get the buy, I might as well just wait for Goddard. You know what I mean? And there's no guarantee that Goddard even comes back and is like playing all the snaps. They could just ease him back in until week 17. You At know? least the first week, you'll be a little hesitant to just fire yeah. him up as a tight end one, right? Right. So you'd give so, up that mid first in, a, in Goddard to get Kelsey if you're in one of those like top three or better positions? 
yeah, if I got to go for that win this year, I think I, I can do it. Yeah, especially if you got some of these other players that we're going to talk about on these lists. Um, if you have them, then yeah, I think so. So if you're on the other end of that trade and someone offers you the 103 and Njoku and you're in third or fourth place, would you move Kelsey for that? So like you're not you're not guaranteed to buy, but you could also do some damage in the playoffs. Would you? What would be that sell point for you where you'd be like, man, this is too much to pass up, even though I'm dealing Kelsey. I I mean I have Njoku on this list, so 103 and Njoku, I think I would take. Okay, so would you? Even if you're contending with Kelsey, would you sell your Kelsey if you could get a pick like that in Njoku? That like, would you I, actively I, try to sell, or would you just kind of hold the Kelsey shares you have? And I, if it, yeah, if I'm already in the the one or two seed, or maybe three seed, I'm just holding Kelsey at this point. Yeah, okay. And it would take a an absolute monster offer to get him from me. Like I'd have to get the one hundred one, the one hundred two. I mean, you're getting the one hundred one. I'm just saying, like if somebody is willing to throw that at me, it's a guaranteed one hundred one or guaranteed one hundred two. I think I would have to take it. Um, I've had a guy in another league. I'm 22 and two. This is a median league, so I've basically won every week besides one. And he's been trying to get Kelsey off of me. I'm like, and it's a two PPR for tight ends. I'm like, man, dude, he's almost untradeable in that. Exactly, he's untradeable. And I have Andrew, so I have the monster advantage over everybody. And he's been trying to get Kelsey for a while for me. This is that one I talked to you earlier in the season about trading Kelsey for Brees Hall and something. And then Brees Hall tore his ACL the next week or that weekend. So thank God I didn't make that trade. But I just kind of been rolling smart on, you know, in that. And, you know, he's like putting up like 35, 40 a week, it seems like. And so he's so hard to trade. Well, that's one thing I talked about in that roster construction series, too, with tight ends is not only do you have Kelsey but you have Andrews. So like you've, you've not only been able to flex those guys when you needed to, but like there's nobody else in the league that can even match you at tight end. Like maybe a random, you know, Kittle or Friar or someone like that once every, you know, six weeks will match one of your Kelsey average games. But like you almost can't trade away, not just the points, but you can't even trade away that advantage that, you know, you're holding. Like it's, it's right. almost untradeable to the point where sure you could get the one Oh one or sure you could upgrade a quarterback or something like that. But like shy of that, there isn't enough you can pay me to, to give away that advantage because the advantage is worth so much more in like intrinsic value than what actually you're getting paid for. If they catch, if both of Andrews and Kelsey caught 10 for a hundred, that's 60 points just in catches and in yards right there. Without mm-hmm. any bonuses and any of that bullshit, mm-hmm. so that is such a huge advantage. So yeah, I agree. No, but, yeah, well, there's just... their spike games mm-hmm. are more than what any. The only way you could match that as a receiver is if you had like one of those like Chase Week 17 games last year where he scores like 50 points, and that's right, like once yeah. a season. You know what I mean? And like a tight end can yep. do that a couple times in a year. So yeah, that's awesome. Yep. So might as well just get into the second guy, and it's it's still Mark Andrews for me. Like I'm still buying all in on him, even though if he he might be a little hurt right now, but he's just still such a massive advantage, on, and for the future of Dynasty as well, I'm still going Andrews. So he plays Denver this week. A little bit of a tougher matchup, but I think 
it's still you know a pretty good matchup against their linebackers and safeties. At Pittsburgh, at Cleveland, uh, at Cleveland starts the fantasy playoffs, and then Atlanta at home, Pittsburgh at home. So Cleveland, Atlanta, Pittsburgh in the playoffs. That's that's a really nice schedule for him as well. So definitely Mark Andrews, and I'd still willing you know same price as Kelsey basically. Andrews and Kelsey are the, are the same for me. I'd, I'd be willing to do the same types of prices. Yeah, because especially he's younger. Like, and it's probably a little early to say he is the next Kelsey, but I think he's probably got. You know, I saw someone post in the Heisman chat earlier about how, you know, if Lamar leaves Baltimore that Andrews gets hurt. I mean, he'll get hurt a little bit from, like, the chemistry that they have standpoint, but, like, who cares? Wherever wherever he is, he's going to be a a tight end that commands a ton of targets, and he has a ton of touchdown potential. So it's like he's a tight end two or one regardless of where he is, who his quarterback is, whatever. And honestly, like, other than Lamar, the entire offense could get better around him you know and then he's just in a better right. offense right and if Lamar left and say they just couldn't find somebody and just said fuck it we'll go with Tyler Huntley well Mark Andrews had his best games last year with Tyler Huntley so you know there's that caveat too um so yeah you agree with me though same same price you'd pay for Kelsey yeah I mean I think if I can I mean, get he's... Kelsey, I'm getting him over Andrews, but I'm fine buying Andrews, especially if people start to re- think like, oh, you know, he's a little, uh, you know, down now. You know what I mean? Like I, you're, you're buying it not just for the rest of the season, which he has a good schedule and can still produce, but you're also buying for the positional advantage going forward. So, yep, I'm all in. And he's your tight end one in Dynasty still, Andrews? I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think those guys are neck and neck. I never thought I'd be at a point where I'm still taking Kelsey first, but you take I Kelsey think I, still over Pitts. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll say this: I think if we got into a startup and we did, we talked about this on trades in five. If we if we got into a startup in like February, and it was one of these tight end advantage leagues, I would still have trouble picking. Travis Kelsey like in the top 15 of the startup mm. like I would still have trouble actually hitting select you know what I mean but I also acknowledge that 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 just might be the time where especially if I'm going to do multiple startups that might be the time where I kind of just fade the position and don't don't pay the price for probably Pitts where he goes you know like I, I would have to see where well. Kelsey went relative to Andrews but I think if you go Kelsey, though, that forces your hand into win-now mode. It, well, it, it also forces your hand into, if you're going to tight end that early, it forces your hand into probably picking certain types of quarterbacks, which could actually double down on your build. Mm-hmm. So it just it, I just don't necessarily see myself getting Kelsey in a startup. So no, I probably wouldn't take him over Pitts or Andrews in a startup. But that's also because there's going to be more windows, I think, to buy a player like him during the season. Because okay. older players like that are going to be easier to transact because there's going to be more people interested. Yeah, in trading it, for it. it's hard to buy pits. Like I haven't really seen pits transacted very much at all this year. Like it's so hard to buy and people still it, value them so highly. Well, but to be fair, the seller is also not willing to acknowledge that there's some risk on the asset that they're holding too. It's both mm-hmm. ways. Like the buyer wants to pay Oh, he hasn't. The buyer wants to pay his production price thus far, and the seller wants to pay what his future production price could be. Hmm. 
There isn't. I haven't seen many people meet in the middle ground, which is why you don't see a lot of pits deals. The person that's selling is going, yeah, man, he's the tight end one in Dynasty. Okay. The person buying going, he's not any better than Pat Fryer move. Okay. So, All right, so let's, let's move on. Yeah, so let's move on to my tight end three that I would buy, and that's actually Dalton Schultz. And that's a lot to do with his schedule and his chemistry with Dak right now. But this week he's got at Indy. A little bit of a tougher matchup, but not that bad. Then Houston, great matchup. Then his fantasy playoffs at Jacksonville, Philadelphia at home, and at Tennessee. So those are three really good matchups for Schultz coming down to the wire here. That's another guy I'd be willing to buy in for the rest of the season and buy in. So what what would you be looking to trade uh, to get him? Um. So I think obviously he's he's not definitely a positional advantage guy, um, but he is kind of the next tier of, you know, can I get a guy that the market might be slightly depressed on relative to like his dynasty value. But if you just get him to produce the rest of this year and stay in Dallas, there's no reason he isn't, you know, tight end eight, tight end seven, tight end six, whatever. Like he's in that big chunk of like the next guys below Kelsey Pitts, Andrews to where you, you're kind of okay with them as your starter. So probably, uh, just a start one, 1. 1.5. He's probably worth a early second, mid second. Okay. Not worth a first, but if you had to pay that, you could pay it. So. Okay. And I, th- I think you, it's a, a, a second and a younger tight end, like a second and a Daniel Bellinger or something like that. Sure, if that's what it if that's what it took. Okay. And I think you're buying an efficient offense. You're also buying an offense that plays their home games in a dome, and you're buying an offense that is still going to have to put up a fight the rest of the year, right? They're going to be in the thick of a playoff race, either for the division, but they're always going to be in the wild card race playing for seeding. So like, you, you know, the offense is just going to continue to be having something to play for. And I think that does matter too, when you're buying some of these players, like we talked earlier with Kelsey, there's a chance they could pack it in, right. And not like force feed targets to him if they're clinched. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think with a guy like Schultz, like they're not going to be in a position to be anywhere close to that till the end of the year. So it's another just another small factor of why you'd want to buy. So yeah, I'm I'm good with it. I like it. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I, I would like pretty much everything you said there. I'd be willing to buy Schultz there. And you know, there's a possibility though too. He's probably just a rental for the rest of the year. Dallas may not pay him because they do have. Uh, Peyton Hendershot and Jake Ferguson, who could easily just fill in very cheaply, and that's what Dallas kind of needs. They just need some cheap places, right? Our pieces right now. So I think Schultz. There's a, I would say, a probably sixty percent, seventy percent chance that he's gone, just because they have some other positions they need to pay and all that. And I don't think you want to pay a tight end. So Schultz could end up next year with, you know, he can go to Jacksonville and be Jacksonville's new tight end with Lawrence or something like that. They may franchise tag him. Remember they that, that was the pop, him, yeah. that was the popular thing for uh, to be done last year. So I'm, I'm wonder if they potentially could do that because I think it would be because he was franchise tagged this year, I believe. Yeah, so there would be a hundred twenty percent increase. Of... It would be at twenty percent on what he made this year. So I think he'd be due maybe like twelve something million maybe next year. 12, 13 million, just off the top of my head because it's a twenty percent, twenty two percent increase depends on if they can afford that or not because they got to pay Pollard too if they want to keep Pollard. Nah, I think he goes. Okay. Um, they still have the Zeke situation if they want to. I mean, I know they love Zeke or Jerry loves Zeke. 
So that, it's interesting to see if if Schultz would even be back there. There's a possibility that he's not. So, yep. Just because I think they have two cheaper options who I think are maybe eighty percent, set ninety percent of what he does already. So, I well, in their it, last couple of tight ends, even before Schultz, have always been, you know, guys but, that they they could find without having to yeah. pay an elite price for. So I, I can see where they're like, you know, thanks for your service. You know, we are glad to have you for when we did, but. Yeah, and Ferguson you know, it, and Hendershot have been really good this year. For it's next man up and we'll yeah. just roll with them instead of paying you. Cause that right. the only negative about a franchise tag is you have to guarantee that money the day you designate him as the franchise player. Yeah. And it's basically like, it's gone. As soon as you designate it, you, there is no like getting around it. So that's like, just cash they got to come up with and it counts directly towards the cap. So, okay. All right. So number four on my list is actually Pat Fryermuth and Fryermuth has been pretty good this year with Pickett, And he, I think he's got a pretty nice matchups here for the rest of the season. So this week he's at Atlanta. That should be a really good matchup. I would think it's going to be a, a higher scoring game, probably somewhere in the 45, 50 range for uh, total points. Uh, then he has Baltimore at home. Should have a, a decent game against Baltimore. Their defense isn't the greatest. Then his playoffs are at Carolina. Good matchup. Uh, Vegas at home. So Vegas hasn't been very good at defense this year. And then at Baltimore uh, to end the season there. So I think Fryermuth's another guy. You know, probably same, same range as Dalton Schultz for me. I'd be willing to pay uh, that top end second and the Daniel Bellinger type. Something like that. Yeah, I think he's a little more expensive than Probably, Dalton Schultz. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people value him as, I mean, honestly, I, I can see people saying he's a top four or five tight end in Dynasty, like right after the top three. They have him right there in the next tier. Mm-hmm. So I, I can definitely think that the person that has Fryermuth is going to be tough to, to budge on because he is a younger tight end too. Mm-hmm that you kind of know what he is for the next couple of years too, because of where he was drafted and he's in the same situation. So I, I agree with why you're saying to buy him. I think he's a tough guy to buy though. Okay. I'd almost be more on the, I'll sell him based on the fact that people are valuing him as he's, he's valued higher because he's seen to be safer. But I also think what you're getting from him is, essentially what he is like he's not a great athlete he's not super explosive like he's not going to be a guy that is racking up 100 yard game after 100 yard game you know he's a he's a eight for 70 and a touchdown type of guy when he has a good game and i'm okay selling those guys if they're seen as like oh top four top five tight end because i'm pretty sure i can go grab you know tight end nine tight end 12 and you're getting close to the same thing on like a streaming basis if if somebody like you know, the the 111 comes to you right now and buys Fryermuth from you. Well, guess what? At 111 next year, if I really wanted to, I can just buy Michael Meyer and probably get the same thing. Yeah, or, I mean, the reason I say I'd sell Fryermuth is I could probably go get Dalton Schultz Plus. Yeah, and there are some really good tight ends coming in this class next year. I think I was listening to Dane Brugler yesterday. He's going to have about four or five tight ends in his top 50. So there, there's going to be a lot of good tight ends coming into this draft next year. So that's going to be uh, an interesting position. Sure there is. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I mean, he's got obviously Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington in his first round. 
He wanted to put Tucker Craft in his first round, but he didn't make it. Um, Dalton Kincaid from Utah and one other guy that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. But, yeah, I mean, he's got some pretty um, high tight ends there. So, um, Last one I have is David Njoku. So, obviously, with Deshaun Watson coming back, that's big. And also, Njoku needs to stay healthy. I know he got another knee injury or whatever the hell it was after this week's game. So, and Joku, if, if he's healthy, man, he could smash here. So this week he's got at Houston. Uh, I remember Watson, his couple preseason games, he was he threw to Njoku quite a bit early on. So I think maybe he has a little bit of a connection with Njoku. Uh, so hopefully against this week against Houston, that'll, that'll work. Then he's at Cincinnati. And then the playoffs, he's got Baltimore at home, New Orleans at home, and at Washington. So... Baltimore, New Orleans, and Washington have been middle of the road defenses here. Baltimore's been a little better, but um, Njoku's had some has had some games against them in the past. So yeah, Njoku's another guy I would buy, especially with uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I think actually Njoku is more of a long term buy uh, if there's any depression because of his injuries. I mean, like I I know you and I both would put him probably in our top five, but he is a little frustrating with his injuries and his sporadic production of the past so he's a little harder to trust but i definitely think going into next year like if the clock strikes midnight and we do a startup he him goddard fryermuth would probably be the next three off the board pretty easily hawkinson in there too but like those four would be like the next tier for me and that's where i'd want to go in the startup i, I might even lean towards you know him over somebody like fryermuth even just because i think he's got a higher ceiling and he's got a better quarterback so i agree yep okay and then just uh, uh, to round this out, a final mention here is Greg Dulcich. I think he has a pretty decent schedule coming up here. So at Baltimore this week, Kansas City at home, and then his final three games are Arizona at home, who's been really bad against tight ends, at the Rams, who are fucking dog shit defense right now, and then at Kansas City in the uh, championship game. So Dulcich is another one I wouldn't mind – uh, maybe buy in there. Nah, I'm good. Okay. Well, it's, I, it's not, it's not Dulcich. It's I'm, you I don't that's trust a, Russ. Yeah. That, no, that's just a team that I don't want players on when there's money on the line. Right. I don't I get care that. who it is. That, so like I, you're buying him. If you're buying Dulcich, you buy him for a, in a dynasty trade. And if he just happens to be a player you put in your lineup, then fine. But I'm not looking at him going like, man, got to get a piece of that offense for my fantasy run, you know? So I I was, I mainly just brought him up for his good matchups. Like I could see if things worked out that way where he could, you know, it's these should be all high scoring games and well, maybe not that Rams game. That could be an ugly game, but if they can just score some points there, he's their number two option in the pass game right now with Judy out. So I think he could be a guy. Here's right, one. So, okay. I'll give ahead. you one tight end. All right. And this is like really, really galaxy braining here. Noah gray. Yeah. I mean, he could at, at the end of the season there. Yeah. Kelsey gets a high ankle sprain. Yeah. Everything you said about Kelsey. I'm, and I'm not saying he's Travis Kelsey, but with how shitty the tight ends are, you're telling me if Kelsey wasn't available for the next two weeks, you'd be considering starting Kel- Noah Gray over yeah, Dawson like Knox, Mike Gusecki, those types, right? Yeah. yeah, no, I get it. 
So like he immediately goes to like Foster Moreau, but better level if there was an injury. That's it. That's it. Um, I think the one thing with that though is we haven't seen it because Kelsey just doesn't get hurt. That's my that's my only pause. That's it. We haven't seen it, but I'm. You can get. I picked up Noah Gray on a waiver wire the other day in 28 man rosters. So I'm like the. I'm not saying Noah Gray is Travis Kelsey. What I'm saying is that if you're in one of these leagues where you don't have a tight end and you maybe don't have the ammo to go buy some of the guys you were talking about, because I mean everybody you recommended to buy other than Dalton Schultz is a top six dynasty tight end. That's yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at with tight end. Like if I'm paying up, I'm paying up for the elite. Well, what I'm, not... I'm saying, what if you don't have the assets to pay up? Like you don't even have an extra second laying around. Then you're S O L. Probably, but my point is, you could probably get Noah Gray. It, I now it has to. It has to be the right format. If it's just a start one, like one point five or less PPR, I don't really want to go buy Noah Gray for like two-fourths or something like that, and yeah, then but he's here, my fourth tight thing. end. Here's the thing, too, Scott. I get an offer in my inbox from Dynasty and Chill LLC, right? And he wants my Noah Gray, and I'll give you a, f- a fourth or a third or whatever it is. Oh, no, he's worth a second because Scott wants him. No, you but you wouldn't that do that, works. though. If I sent you a third for Noah Gray in that format, you'd accept it. But I'd never send you a fourth for a third for Noah Gray in a 1.5 start one. Right, but I'm just saying. Like, Unless you know I wanted him because Kelsey was hurt, and then you, you know wouldn't trade him to me. Scott wants him. Oh, no, he he just went up a whole round in, in it, value. You know that's why you got you got to be sneaky. Yep. You got to be sneaky. I, you know what, though, and you say that, and you joke about it. I know that's like an ingest comment. You know what I wish 90% of people would do when I send them an offer? Fucking respond to it. Well, okay, A, respond to it. <laughs> But B, I'm I'm always open to you sending me a counter offer. Right. I don't care if your counter offer is three times what I offered. At least you can you counter offered, and I got right. something out of you. Right. I got a response with actual knowledge, and didn't just get you hit reject. Right. Because there's people. I mean, I'm not going to say any names. Maybe someday I'll say some names. Because there's some people out there, well-known analysts and shit that I'm in leagues with. They never say a fucking word. They just hit decline, 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 decline. Then I go look at their teams like, bro, man, you're there. There's one person I'm in four or five leagues with middle of the pack. Every league, every league, middle of the pack, never counter, never give a response. It's just reject, reject, reject. And I've sent them deals where I buy their picks. I've sent them deals where. I'm buying veterans from them. It's just reject, reject, reject. I'll even email back. Hey, you got a counter offer? Nothing. I mean, there's the the person. I'm not even sure they're there. Right. It's like a robot's just hitting decline every time they get a trade. They're, they they're not actually there. I've never gotten like a legitimate. Hey, that was a good offer. Hey, I'm not trading this player or like there's just nothing. Man, but they're not winning. They're 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 yeah. not doing anything to they're not making other moves and they're just don't like my trade tactics. They just right. don't respond. Man, so, I can't I can't believe Ray Garvin does that to you. It's not Ray. It's not <laughs> know, Ray. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not Ray. Ray Ray will be blunt with you. Nah man, not doing that. No, nah, I know. I'm just playing around. But no, it just it a counter offer at least tells me 
okay, you're too first short, or right. I'm not trading this player. But just, yeah, I would love to get a counter offer when I make an aggressive offer on a player, or even just, hey, I want to speculatively buy this player for a pick or vice versa. It's just nothing. Even a, I'm trying to sell you a player for a pick. Not interested in that player. Yeah, well, yeah, give, I, give me something, right? I don't blame you to be not interested in that player because that's try, why I'm trying to get a third for him, you know, because I want to try to liquidate. But anyway, right. that's another whole, whole other topic. Yeah, so let's get into quarterback. So my first quarterback on my list was Jalen Hurts. So obviously Jalen's, you know, top fantasy guy right now, but his matchups for the playoffs are f- sexy. He's got Tennessee this week at home, at the Giants, at Chicago, uh, first week of the playoffs, and Chicago's defense is just fucking falling apart. At Dallas, which would be a high-scoring game. I'm guessing that's probably a Sunday night game. And then New Orleans in the fantasy playoffs, and New Orleans has been dog shit. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts has a really, really sexy schedule coming up. But, obviously, it's Jalen Hurts. He's a top-five dynasty quarterback, so you got to come hard for him. you got to be two-first minimum. And something probably. Uh, more than that. So maybe at least firsts. at least I think he's up in the Herbert Mahomes range. So at least gotta, three. You got to be doing yeah. three first. Okay. So at that's least. where Jalen's at. But again, when you're talking elite quarterbacks, the the biggest barrier is not their price. It's are they available. Right. So if somebody ever puts an elite quarterback on the block in a league that I'm in, I'm at least looking to see if I have. You know the the, the ammo the, to go the get three them. throwaway fuck you picks just to go get them. You know, like I'm right. maybe it doesn't make sense for me to do it, but I'm at least clicking my it, yeah. I'm at least clicking like a proposed trade to see if I have what it takes, and if I don't, I don't. But I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, I'll just I don't need him. You know what I mean? Like anytime mm-hmm. someone puts him on the block, I need him. You know what I mean? Right. So, did you yeah, have like any? Um, did you have any other like uh, like your first quarterback, or do you want me to just keep going with my list? I actually had one that I think is a good buy for the same reasons that you mentioned earlier. I think Aaron Rodgers is a good buy. Aaron, okay, I didn't have Rodgers on my only on my because list, so. I think that especially if he doesn't play this week, mm-hmm. and then they have a buy, it's going to be full fledged narrative of it. Jordan Love's job. Rodgers is going to retire. Blah 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 to the point where it's. You know, you're 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 gonna see who would you rather have in Dynasty, Jimmy Garoppolo or Aaron Rodgers? And it's gonna be like Jimmy Garoppolo by a mile. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna be down in the range where you can start throwing out a twenty four second and getting him. And do you know Green Bay's uh end of season schedule for the playoffs by chance? Or do you want me to give it to you? No, I know they play Dolphins and Minnesota, which are bad teams. So the first week of the playoffs, week fifteen at home against the L.A. Rams. Okay. Then at Miami, another shootout game, Minnesota at home. And I don't love the Rams game just because, like, the Rams are so incompetent, they, they don't even fight back. So I, I don't love the Rams matchup. But the, the point is, I think you can get Rodgers if you got to play him in the play. See, here's the thing. The times I'd be buying Rodgers, I'm probably not even, like, hoping that I can start him in the playoffs either. Like, I hope I have better options than him. Mm-hmm. But... I just think he down the stretch right now, there's a, there's going to be a window where what would be the price you'd be willing to pay Rogers or pay for Rogers and be okay. If he never started another game in the NFL, like if you could give up the two Oh seven 
but there was a chance he just never started the rest of this year because it was Jordan Love, and you know maybe he mm-hmm. tries to play through this thumb injury and then he gets surgery or something like that, mm-hmm. and then he retires. Like, what would you feel is a an okay price where you're like, okay, I took a shot, didn't work out, mm-hmm. I'm out the pick, but then he's done. Like, I could stomach giving up like a two oh seven. Yeah, I think so too. I just I don't know if somebody would sell him for that cheap. Unless he's ruled out for the rest of the year. If he's ruled out for the rest of the year, I think you have a buy window and a sell window where neither side can meet. Nobody's going to want a first. Everyone's going to be wanting out for something. Right. They're going to have to settle for a second. But even the person, here's the thing, even the person that buys, like if they said tomorrow he's out for the year, and he's 50-50 on retiring, and then he just goes silent the rest of the year, you're not paying a second. Yeah. I think you're if gonna I'm go, a oh, seller, I've, I would want a 2024 second. Okay. I think that's where I would be at. But if you were buying for a 2024 second, you would be fine giving that up, and if you lost it, you lost it. Yeah, I, yeah I'm on both sides. Like I'd be fine paying it, and I'd be fine giving that up. I agree. And I I mean, I think this is a uh, one of the conversations that we're going to have to have throughout the rest of this season and this off season is how can you pivot off of the quarterbacks that nobody wants that might not be that great anymore, mm. but might have some dynasty value because they're not threatening to retire. And you know who the two names are: Russell right. Wilson, Matthew Stafford. Right. Like, if I have those two right now, I'm not feeling too confident. Are you? No, not at all. But if you could get the value back from those guys and get Aaron Rodgers thrown in, you may get burned. But man, if you could get Aaron Rodgers in a second for Matt Stafford, you might just have the better quarterback for the next two years. Yeah, and the free second. And the second. And there's a you know, there's a legitimate chance that Matt Stafford could retire before Aaron Rodgers. So I mean True. I think that type of deal, you have to look for creative ways when you're dealing with these like really low-end, shitty quarterbacks that nobody wants. You almost have to just realize that none of them are in a range that make any difference. So where can you exploit the market and feel a little more uncomfortable with the guy you're getting? Right. You're like Ray brought it up yesterday. You know, the Lions may not draft a quarterback. Right. So you, you and I don't like Jared Goff. But I think if you said, what's the difference between, you know, Jared Goff and Derek Carr? Not that big, especially if I can get like two seconds on top of Jared Goff, right? Like, I don't want Jared Goff, but that pivot could make some sense if you know you're getting another year or two, because then really there's no difference between them. So I think that's how you have to look at Rodgers. That's why he's a buy, because I think he's going to fall into the, holy shit, I'll take anything I can get for him range, and there'll be some good pivot opportunities to get off some other quarterbacks. So that was my first one. All right, let's hammer through some more of these because we still got running backs and receivers to do too. Rip so, uh, Justin Herbert is my number two. He's got a sexy schedule at Vegas this week. Should be a shootout game. Miami at home, shootout game. Tennessee at home should probably be a higher scoring game. At Indy, a little bit of a tougher matchup with their corners, but I, you know, I'll still live with that. And then the Rams at home in the final week of the season. So, Justin Herbert, he's. Like we talked about with Jalen Hurts, he's in the, probably the three first round pick range still. If you gotta buy him, but Herbert should have a smash schedule for the rest of the year. 
Yeah, listen to the uh, implore everybody to listen to the athletic show they did a or the uh, Ringer show they did a breakdown on Justin Herbert, and they just talked about the dude's good. Uh-huh. He's much better. He's basically they use the term uh, he is having to uh, bail himself out of the play calling every week. That's how bad the offensive structure he's in is, yeah, and some of the that. stuff he's doing. Like literally, he. I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the league, but essentially they're saying that he, without coming out and saying it, they're saying that his skill set matched up with the the offense that he's in is the furthest apart from like what his capabilities are. Please, please, Sean Payton, go to the Chargers. Please. It, anything please, that can Sean highlight Payton. some of his strengths. But yeah, he he is another one of those. If he's available, you inquire, even if you're out of it, even if you have the 101, like that... I. Yeah, I got to think if you're the Chargers, like even if you make the playoffs as the seven seed or whatever, like I'm still firing Brandon Staley at the end of this year and Lombardi and I'm going like Sean Payton. Here's the keys to the fucking kingdom. I I don't think Brandon Staley is nearly as in trouble as you think. I think I hear a lot of people say he's going to get fired. I, I actually don't think so. I think. A but lot if there's people, an opportunity for them to get Sean Payton and Sean Payton is interested because they have Justin Herbert, like you got to go get that elite. Coach. You, you got to try it. Yeah. But I, I think that people overstate how much Staley's on the chopping block. The offensive coordinator is definitely on the chopping block. Well, Staley could get, he could go stay in the same stadium and go over to the Rams. If, if McVeigh goes to the booth, TV booth or whatever. I mean,. Yeah, until you realize why the hell would he go from the Chargers to the Rams? Well, if he gets well, fired, he might not have a chance. A no, I, 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 I'll just say this: I don't think he's getting fired. I, the only way he gets fired is if they end up missing the playoffs, and there's Again. something, there's something, yeah, there's something that he does that's like it's the final straw, and the PR is too too high for him to get out of it again. Like, you know, some bozo decision that he makes in a game and it costs him a playoff spot. I can see him getting fired, well, but they, I think I'm. They gotta change the offensive coordinator either way. It, like no, agree. That that's gonna be gone. They need to revamp uh their skill players. Like quite frankly, they have just a lot of guys and they have good names, but they're also paying Mike Williams and Keenan Allen a lot of money to be Average. like those those guys are good, but then you match them up with a lot of the other tandems in the AFC and you're like, dude, they don't really stack up. And I mean, let's face it, both those guys are injury prone. Right. So like you can't even say when they're playing they're the best, but then half the time they're not playing. So it's like right. it. I mean, shit. If you if I'm not saying this would happen, but I mean, like you're telling me you couldn't dump Mike Williams and or you couldn't dump Keenan Allen and go get you know someone else for a cheaper price and then draft a Jacoby another receiver. Myers. Go get Jacoby go get, Myers. Go get man. Jacoby Myers and then draft the receiver in the second round. Boom. Yeah. You've you've revamped your weapons. You've added more speed. You've added more versatility. So right. but yeah, I'm with you. If you just buy Herbert if he comes available. I don't care what situation your team's right. in. I'd give up the one oh one and at least another first to get him. Okay. Uh, these other two are in the same category as Hertz and Herbert, so I'm just going to get them out of the way quickly. Patrick Mahomes, number three, at Cincinnati, at Denver, playoffs. He's got at Houston, Seattle, Denver. Fucking smash matchups and, all around. And the only thing with Mahomes, unlike Kelsey, he's going for the MVP. Yeah. So I do think that they keep the gas on with Mahomes. Maybe he doesn't have the nuclear ceiling because I don't think some of the – I mean, the only bad thing about Mahomes is he's playing in games literally against – with Houston and then both Denver games, the other team literally can't fight back. 
Right. They can't score more than 20 But points. either could the Rams this week, and he still threw it how many ever times he was and chucking it all over the field. That's the game script you need. You need him yeah. to get all the touchdowns or at least a couple of touchdowns, and you need him to get the points early, and it needs to be right. just enough in doubt to where he still has to keep his foot on the gas. But I agree. Another one, like, you know, you go for him if he comes available, period. Yep. And especially if you have Mahomes, I'm doing whatever it takes to get Kelsey and just pair those two up. Yep. Yep. Um, and then the other one is Joe Burrow. He's got Kansas City this week. He put up a shit ton of points against them last year. Then Cleveland, he struggled against Cleveland in his career, but I think uh, probably can get Cleveland this time. Their defense just isn't as good this year. Um, then his playoffs, he's at Tampa Bay. Should be a, a relatively high-scoring game, and Tampa Bay's defense isn't that great. At New England, could be a little bit of a trouble, but I think Burrow can get through that. And then Buffalo in the final game at home, and I think that could be a high-scoring shootout game as well. So uh, Mahomes and Burrow are my three and four. Yeah, I mean, this is basically, let's see, we were the top five quarterbacks. And yeah, go that's basically it. So, but, but my other ones, my two other ones for five and six aren't. And my number well, I got five, one of mine. I'm, you, I'm guessing you might have one of the ones I have. I have Mac Jones as a buy. He was on my list, but I actually took him off. He's not on. Was I, not on. He, but I agree with you. I, I he's got like a Mac good Jones. schedule, and I, I also think he is one of those guys that if he finishes strong, you know, I've liked Mac Jones all this year because of his efficiency last year. It was really yep. good. It they brought in the new offense this year. We all know his weapons are terrible this year, so it's like. Hopefully they mitigate a lot of the things he's having to fight against this year. Mm-hmm. And maybe he doesn't have a high ceiling, but you, you know, what's funny. You look at Mac Jones and if he played a full season, I mean, he had a high ankle sprain, missed a couple games. He still is on pace to rush for like 200 yards. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he's not a complete zero. He's not yeah. like Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford where he just doesn't. Or Matt can't. Ryan who runs for 22 it, yards. Exactly. He's not a rusher, but I think we overstate this all. He can't move. Like all he has to do to get, if he has, if you can scramble once or twice in a game for like 15 to 20 yards, then you're going to add a little bit on the ground. Like we're going to look at your final totals and be like, oh, you know, you ran for 240 yards and you snuck in a touchdown or two like right. that. So I, I don't think he's a complete zero. I don't think he has a super high ceiling, but I really believe in, like, I will go to bat for Mac Jones over Kenny Pickett. I think he's a better quarterback. Oh, yeah, 100%. I agree. But there's people that go, oh, Kenny Pickett has a higher ceiling. I mean, yeah, no thanks. I'll sure, but, like, Kenny Pickett reminds me more of, like, Sam Darnold, where, yeah, technically he can run a little bit, but, like, I'm there. Mac Jones did more last year than Kenny Pickett's doing this year. And right. Kenny Pickett has better weapons. so Yeah, and I think New England is in a prime spot to draft a receiver this year in the first round. They have to. So, Well, they guess what? With the offenses that are getting built in their division, they yeah. better not fuck around. So right, exactly. it, it might actually be better if the rumors about Brady going back to New England are true. And then send Mac off somewhere else? Just get, get Mac anywhere. Send Mac yeah. to, you know, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, send him to Vegas, and then they can get rid of Carr. Send then... Mac. Well, send Mac to yeah. Send him to Vegas. Send him to, I don't know, Washington. Not... Yeah, yeah. And even Washington, I'll take him in Washington. Yeah, send uh, but... him to Atlanta and feed pits in London. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, but just to give uh, reference for his schedule for the rest of your Buffalo this week at home, at Arizona, so in the dome. It's good. It's good. At, good schedule. At, 
at Vegas. Um, that's another dome game. Then Cincinnati and Miami at home. So those are all high-scoring games. Buffalo, Arizona, Vegas, Cincinnati, Miami. That's so, a great schedule, man. On Mac yeah. down the stretch. Man, I like that. I agree. No, but mine one that I thought you were going to mention was Jimmy G. Jimmy G's been playing really good this year, and he's got a good schedule. He does. He does. Oh, let me ask all you this. All those weapons. Let me ask you this with Jimmy G, though. It feels like the time to buy Jimmy G was right when he first took over, before they got McCaffrey. Agreed, yeah. Before people started to kind of realize, hey, you know, Jimmy G's not any good, but literally all he's got to do is kind of ride his weapons, and he's a QB1. Mm-hmm. But I think that's like the mainstream narrative now. So, like, would you pay, who would you rather have, Mac Jones or Jimmy G in Dynasty? Mac Jones. Okay, Mac Jones or not Mac Jones, Jimmy G or Russell Wilson? I'd still go Russell. Stafford? I'd rather have Jimmy G, I think. Rodgers? Jimmy G. Okay, so he's already in in ahead of those guys. But are you confident? I We're very confident Jimmy G starts next year, no doubt. We're not yeah. saying that. Are you excited for Jimmy G if he goes and is the starter for the Texans? Not as excited as I am right now. Or is now he down now. in like the, is he then down in like the 2021 golf range? Yeah, it's not sexy. I, I always kind of thought maybe maybe New Orleans. Um, I know a lot of people keep saying the Jets if they don't want to go with Mike White. The Jets it, could be a, a spot. My point was that I'm guessing if he, especially if he has a really good final, you know, month or two with the Niners and they go to, I mean, if he wins the Super Bowl, all bets are off. He's naming his price. You know what I mean? But let's just say he goes, wins a couple games in the playoffs. They don't win the Super Bowl. Thanks, Jimmy, for your service. You know, good mm. luck and free agency, right? Because the Niners are not bringing him back. There's no scenario they would bring him back because guess what? If he wins the Super Bowl, they're fucked. Yep. They're not going to re-sign him. You know what I mean? Like, he yeah. just won the Super Bowl. He literally can go and he'll be the highest paid free agency quarterback next year. Yep. So he's not coming back to San Fran. So he's not going back to San Fran. And they can't keep him. They can't trade him. So he's going to be gone. And he's starting somewhere, for sure. He's definitely starting next year. But I guess my point is, if he wins the Super Bowl, or if he just goes far in the playoffs, he's going to get paid. But it almost feels like whoever he gets paid by might be the place you don't want him to go. Yeah, it just depends. There's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. So, like the Saints are definitely not paying full freight for a quarterback. They don't. Right. They, there's no way they can make it work. Right. I yeah. I thought that w- that would be a decent spot for him to land if they could make it work. But he's. I think he's got to play in that offense. So the Jets make a set make sense with that offense. Atlanta kind of runs the same kind of offense. He could be there if the Titans dump. Um, Tannehill and they went to Jimmy G. I don't think they would do that, but just kind of going with just naming those offenses. That well, in transition offense. to that, that was my other buy. This Tannehill. Tannehill. Yep. Right. I, he, I, I didn't look at his things, but I just I just don't like the weapons, man. I can't do it. I don't. I can't start him. It's more of a. I mean, his schedule coming down the road is pretty good. It's uh, Jacksonville or Philly this week, and then they have Jacksonville. 
Chargers, Texans, Cowboys. Right. So not terrible. I agree it's not a great spot for fantasy production. Like you're hoping you get just mid-tier like QB2 numbers. Personally, I think that Chargers and Houston game are more Derrick Henry games, which is why I have Derrick Henry could be. high yeah, on could my be. list. So. But I think that Tannehill is a good buy relative to Dynasty because I think he is better. He's again in a spot. Nobody wants him, yeah. He's better than what his Dynasty price is. Like His efficiency, again, is in the top 10 this year, back to where it was in 2019 and 2020. And partially because, I mean, you got to think it correlates a little bit with Derrick Henry being there and their defense being good. That's exactly how they want to play with Tannehill, right? They don't want him throwing it 38 times a game. But he's like QB 28 in KTC. Like he's down in the, oh my God, this guy stinks. He might not get a job range. And it's like, dude, he's, until he falls off to a degree where you can't manage an offense with him, you know, I, I still want to get shares of him just to have him like as a, he's the perfect lowest common denominator QB three. What I would love is to see Tannehill go to the Falcons and then someone else go to the Titans, right? A quarterback that that we don't even want because the Titans could just be a dead spot. You know what I mean? Right, right. Okay. I could see that. So anyway, that was my other buy. Who was your last one? Uh, well, I'll just, I'm going to want to give Jimmy G schedule for the rest of the year. So Miami this week and Tampa Bay, both of those are at home. Then his fantasy playoffs at Seattle should be a high scoring game for the division lead. Maybe then Washington at home and then at Vegas to end the year. So he's got some really good matchups here at the end of the year. My last quarterback that I just wanted to mention, it's one I've been talking about the last two weeks, Mike White. At Minnesota, at Buffalo, should do, do good in those games. Then he gets fantasy playoffs. Detroit at home, high-scoring game. Jacksonville at home, probably a mid-scoring game. At Seattle to end the year. Sign the fact that you just said Mike you White. want Mike White at Buffalo. Well, that's not technic- that's Buffalo. not technically a playoff game, but if you're going to beat Buffalo, you're going to have to throw. And he's been throwing really well. He's got weapons. He's got Elijah, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis is back, two tight ends. I I don't hate it. I don't hate it. There's there's worse options out there. I'd rather so, have Mike White over Tannehill. I'm starting Mike White over Lamar Jackson in the league this week. Jesus. Okay, so Eric, Eric, what what holiday is at the end of October? Halloween. What do you normally put out on your porch on Halloween? Uh, no, I'm not. Put, Mike White is not a pumpkin. He's gonna turn. He's gonna turn into a rotten pumpkin, which is no. probably what you have if you haven't taken your pumpkins out from Halloween. That was my point. Mike White is going to be the New York Jets starter in 2023. He's gonna ride him to the playoffs this year. So what are you paying for him? Because I'm going to go look and see. I think I have seven shares. Would you pay a second? That's what I want to sell him for. I would pay a third. If I can get him for any third, I'm buying him everywhere. But he's going to be the starter next year. So why would you rather have? Yeah, but would the, you... I'm not telling everybody that. You are right now on the show. Well, I am right now, but. So who would you rather have in Dynasty, Mike White or Matt Stafford? I probably still would go, man, that's tough. <laughs> the fact that it's even a yeah. debate is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd still go Stafford, but it is close. Like, I'd take Mike White over Goff. 
Goss been pretty decent. Wow. So you take you're taking Mike White over Heineke? I, I, I under yeah. I understand that right now I am completely gambling on Mike White that he I'm riding him out and he just took Zach Wilson's lunch money and his job and his mom and all that. Um but no, I, I think I think this is for real. I think Mike White is their best option right now. Now they could go out next year and and pay Jimmy G to be their starter. I could see that. Mike White's their backup. I could definitely see that. But Mike White is still have value, even if he does lose a job. Like he loses a, a lot of value. But if Jimmy G got hurt, which he has in his past, like Mike White can come in and and do the thing. So like Mike White, like why can't he be the next Matt Schaub? All right. So Mike White or Malik Willis? Mike White. Not even close. Not even. It's not even a second. I don't, thought. don't want to say it's not even close, but I wouldn't give it a second thought right now. No. Mike I White think... or Zach Wilson. Mike White. Okay. I'm trying to think, if there's anybody else that's in kind of like the the range you would even sniff trading for Mike White. Jameis Winston or Mike White. I'm still going Mike White. Wow. Got one of the biggest Mike White fans here. And I never even really liked the guy that much, but I just think he fits this offense. They're rallying around him. The team's rallying around him, and he's got weapons, man. Like, at Minnesota this week, in the Dome, like, I think that's going to be like a 35 to, like, 30 shootout. So what if he goes 13 for 30 with two interceptions and 130 yards? Then he sucks, and I'm completely (laughs) wrong. I mean, that, that range of outcomes is possible, yeah, he, and then it, you just admit within one bad game that he's dead. I I think I don't think he's gonna do that though. I just I like the way he's playing right now, man. He's that that offense with those weapons, man. I'm I'm super high on Garrett Wilson. You know, I had him as my wide receiver one um, coming into the draft over over Ray's London and Burks that he had over him. I was always a Garrett Wilson guy. I think Elijah Moore and Mike White had a connection last year, and I think that's only going to improve as we start they start playing him more, and Elijah Moore gets more. I don't think Elijah Moore liked Zach Wilson at all. Like I don't think their chemistry was anything. Like His chemistry was with Mike White. And Corey Davis is a very good pro. Like He can come in and... and get you five for 80 every single week if you wanted they got those tight ends i just think he's he's gonna be the man fair well we just spent 10 minutes talking about mike white White, so uh, we'll update you next week and see if he uh gets benched for joe flacco yeah all right running backs so my first one up is derrick henry that's an easy smash. Yeah, we'll we'll hit these we'll hit these quick because I think everybody knows Derrick Henry. What are you paying? As right, a yeah, the running Derrick Henry. The, the running backs are are pretty easy. I I will admit that. But his schedule coming up at Philly this week. Jordan Davis could be back, but they've been getting gashed either way. Jacksonville at home. He always kills Jacksonville. Um, at the Chargers, they've been a fucking sieve in the run game. Derrick Henry should smash them. Houston at home, he should run for another fucking 200 on them. And then Dallas in the final game. I think he could still do pretty good against Dallas in your fantasy playoffs, and you're not sitting him in your fantasy championship anyway. So Derrick Henry's my number one buy. And I, if I'm a contender, I'm definitely willing to sell my 110, 111, 112 for Derrick Henry. I was and just I trying that... to get him in a league today, and the guy said uh, I offered a 24 first. And a twenty-four second. 
Okay. He wants the 103. Yeah, that's too much, but I thought what you offered is more than fair, probably more than what I'd be willing to give out, to be honest, but I think it's fair. Yep, that was a... It was one of those where I just responded back like I'm not giving up a 103 for because it's not even lo- you don't have a don't, later 23 first. I have the 103 one? and the 104, and he said he'd need one of those picks. Okay. So now, now like, does he have does he have another first or anything like that? Um, I think he has two firsts this year. I, I I'd have to look and see where they were. Are you thinking like a trade back type deal? Yeah, like you get his one oh, you get the one oh four, and you get like back his like whatever it is one oh nine, one ten, whatever it is. I'd be willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah, his response. I mean, he it, this was one of the the good ones that responded and actually wrote you know a response. But he said basically, you know, Derrick Henry has more years left in him. He's gonna basically be ridden. You know, he only gets better as time goes on. Which I don't listen. Like, yeah, he's maintained through you know, age 28, which he probably never thought he would get to this point, And he has, and right. I do agree that he's until he breaks, he's going to be good. You know what I mean? Like until he just falls off, he's going to be good. But it basically I'm paying the full freight price for three weeks of production, you know, right, three, right. four weeks. And then I, there's no reason to make that trade in January. Cause the one Oh three is going to be more valuable than him until we get to next season. So I'm just right. like, I'll pass. I'll shop around and because I because don't you think if you're paying the 102 or 103 you'd be aiming for like Barkley? Yeah. And and you know what the funny thing is I I would sit there and go I'd rather have Barkley in Dynasty, but I don't even know if I want to pay like a 102 for him right now. You know. And I don't I don't even have Barkley on my list here. That, that's my point is like I would so, want to aim higher, but yeah. yet. I really don't even want to pay that high of a pick for a running back period. So it's like, unless I have an asset right. that fits to trade for a guy like Henry, then it just doesn't make sense. Like, like another, yeah, I would, I'd look for that move back if you can. Would you do Henry and a 24 first from him for Drake London? Yeah, I think I'd be willing to do that. Cause I'm, I'm going to bet that the Falcons roll back with Mariota again. Yeah, because Drake London ain't really helping me, but I think Drake yeah. London would be a piece that, a, you know, a rebuilding team would want if they could get for Henry, even if they had right. to give up a future pick, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great offer. I agree. I may try that, too. Anyway. Uh, my number two is Austin Eckler, another guy who's smashing this year. So his schedule at Vegas, Miami at home, Tennessee at home, at Indy, Rams at home. So Eckler, obviously his usage is like through the fucking roof, getting all these targets. So Austin Eckler and Derrick Henry are like 1A and 1B for me. So if you could get either of those guys for that back end first, middle of the first pick, I would easily do that. Okay, so quick scenario because we're going to get a lot of questions on this. A lot of people would would easily try a bottom three pick for him. Mm -hmm. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. Say you're in fifth place. You're not even sure if you're making the playoffs, but you're pretty sure if you acquired Henry or Eckler that you're going to. Mm-hmm. Would you trade that mid first for him? A pick that you could get eliminated in the first round and it's the 107? Yeah. And I think you only I would... have one. You only have one pick. Yeah. So you're, I think you're I would... your one shot. I think I would be willing to take that risk, yeah. Especially if I think, like, say it's a team where I'm getting Watson back this week or something, and now I'm going to get ready to roll or something like that. I think I'd be willing to do that, especially if my team is lined up to where I just need to fill that RB spot and I'll be good. Like I got 
three or four receivers. I got a solid tight end. I got a couple solid quarterbacks. If I just need that running back, yeah, I'd be willing to do that. Yeah, because I think it's easy to go, oh, yeah, I'm a top three team, but I'm holding somebody else's pick or my own pick that's, you know, a bottom three or four pick. Like, sure, that's easy to send for a stud running back. But a lot of times you send that and you get responses like I was talking about where it's like, okay, I know this guy probably needs to trade Derrick Henry, but for some reason he's not accepting a late first. Maybe because he just doesn't want to help me or, you know, you don't know their motives. But Mm -hmm. I think the real tough trades are the ones that are in the middle because the guy that's in the bottom. You know, if you're a bottom three team, you're not buying a guy like Henry or Eckler. You know, right. you don't care about buying that. But if you're a dominant team, you're going, oh, what can I trade for my, you know, late first? So right. it's usually those middle teams are where you got to take the risk. That's why I ask if you trade one of those. So Eckler and Henry are on that list for you. Who's next? Yeah, and then this this next guy's same list. It's McCaffrey. Obviously, with Elijah Mitchell getting hurt, McCaffrey should get all the usage he can handle. Miami, yep. Tampa Bay, at Seattle, Washington, at Vegas. So McCaffrey, same boat as, as Henry and Eckler, be willing to trade that mid first, basically whatever Scott just said. And I said, added McCaffrey to that as well. Number yeah. four, Ramondre Stevenson. I think for the rest of the season, he's another great goodbye, especially with Harris getting hurt. You don't know how many weeks he's going to miss, but Ramondre has been getting the receiving work, rushing ball really well. So I would definitely buy in Stevenson. We talked about his schedule too. Buffalo this week at Arizona, at Vegas, Cincinnati, Miami. So he's got a good schedule as well. Um, Honestly, though, would you be willing to pay that mid first for Ramondre or is it more the back end? Um, It's fair. He's a top yeah. 12 running back. Like, even if you didn't really like him before, you kind of got to admit that he's in that range now. So I think he's worth a first. I I don't know, man. It's really hard for me unless it's just I'm either all in or all out at running back. Give me the think- guy that has the potential just to smash or I'll just patchwork. There is no in between, really. To kind of give everybody everybody plays redraft mostly sometimes. So we'll kind of use this as a barometer do you think Ramondre is a second round pick in redraft next year or is he more Mm. of a third or third rounder I think he's probably more of a third rounder only because you're going to have probably a couple rookies that are threatening his position too just they're going to be seen as being in his range or higher and I think you're going to have enough veteran presence where you're still going to have McCaffrey Barkley Eckler Henry like there's a people are just going to run it back with those guys even if Harris is gone in the in free agency and they bring yeah. it's just Stevenson, Kevin Harris, and Pierre Strong and Ty Montgomery again. Uh, I mean, I don't. I, just I would don't assume think, they bring somebody in, but if they for, didn't, not even that. I just I don't think he's going to be seen as a guy that has to jump above a lot of other running backs. I mean, sure, you might have somebody that drafts him as a top ten running back, mm-hmm. but I also could see people go. I I would rather have Joe Mixon or Dalvin Cook or Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just take those guys, you know what I mean? And, I'd, you know, I mean, look where people were taking, like, Leonard Fournette and James Conner the last two years. Right. Okay. Still in, like, round three, you know what I mean? Like, people are always going to take in redraft. They're going to take the guy that, you know, it has smashed in the past. So, yeah, I would say round three. 
Okay. And then I don't have him on my list, but speaking of Connor, like the usage that he's getting with like no other running back is really touching the ball that much other than Keontae Aaron gets like one or two touches. But if Connor keeps up this like 90% snap share with Arizona for the rest of the season, he's on a bye this week. But New England at home, at Denver, Tampa Bay, at Atlanta, that's not a bad schedule too. So Connor's like another guy, and he could probably be had fairly cheap like – I don't think you have to give up a first to get him. I think Connor could be another guy you could do. Um, but lastly, um, my fifth guy is Jamal Williams. I'd still willing to buy him based on this schedule. Jacksonville at home this week. Minnesota at home. At the Jets, a little bit of a tougher matchup the first week, but I think he could still pawn one in there. At Carolina, Chicago. Two really good matchups in 16 and 17 for Jamal Williams. So Jamal Williams, another, like, if I can give up a second and a third to get Jamal Williams, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing with Jamal Williams, too, is, A, there's a chance you can buy him because the person that has him thinks they're selling him high, right? Selling him high for, like, the ninth straight week. Mm-hmm. But they also figure, wow, I have, and I, I, I would probably think this way, too. Man, I have Jamal Williams. I have a lot of Jamal Williams now because I've been collecting the shares over the re over the season. But let's say I have him on. I'm even look and see how many shares of Jamal Williams I have. I have seven shares of Jamal Williams, and I used to not have any of them. Like okay. a year ago, I only had like you one. You hated so him for when he was I didn't, in Green Bay. You hated I didn't him. like him. No, I didn't like him. But over time, I've kind of there's been spots this year where I've gotten him in trades because I'm thinking, okay, if I can just use him the rest of this season even if it's not pretty. And then I can maybe use him next year because, I, I mean, he's probably earned the same type of role until he can't he's earn this free, role anymore. He's a free agent, but I would think Detroit is, is willing to bring him back and give I, him a nice deal. Whether it's Detroit or somewhere else, I think he's yeah. earned this role for another year, and then if he does it next year, he's earned it for another year. You know, he just is going to keep – he's like a he's like an even better version of what – some other guys that have kind of faded out of the league. He's almost like a better version of like Latavius Murray, you know, like he was never at his peak. He was never like seen as a bell cow starter, but I think at this point in his career, he's kind of the same as what Murray was when he was on the saints. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's just there. You can flex him. It's not pretty, but you can flex him. And then the right games, he's going to, you know, if you have the right offense around him, you just play him. And it's like some games, he's going to give you eight and not get a touchdown. Other games, he's going to go for 102 touchdowns. I mean, it just, right. So I think he's that if you can get that from a guy you're paying a second for, and I can earn another season of potential spot starts, it's actually worth it. Cause the person that has him is like, damn man, I've used him a bunch this year. Now I can sell him. That's like having my cake and eating it too. You know, like I've used right. him and then I've sold the, the used asset for after I've gotten a lot out of him. So I do think you can buy Jamal Williams shares. Uh, and I like to buy, I, I had one that I would say is a, uh, one that I would have never thought I would have said, but mm-hmm. what do you think about Brian Robinson as a buy? It's if Gibson just, misses time and he's got Cleveland yeah. in the fantasy playoffs at home. Yeah. That's if you make it to week 17. Yeah. But at that, at San Francisco game, no thanks. And week 16 and then the giants at home week 15, I could see that being good. And then their week 14 buy. it's not terrible, but like he's he's just a younger version of Jamal Williams to me, which is a guy I want to collect. But if but is know, he a guy? The reason I put him on the list was a the Cleveland matchup, but b he also feels like to get. he feels like one of those players that if Gibson 
doesn't play this week, that people will be going, oh, I, this is my window to sell a guy that everyone thinks sucks. Right. So people be... do want to sell him. We know that, right? Right. I was talking to this uh, to Ray last night. Brian Robinson is a guy that I will sell for any second, but I'll also buy for any third. And I don't, I don't think you can buy for a third. I think the price yeah, is squarely so a second. Yeah. I The way I would play it is I would actually pay a second for Brian Robinson in point per carry. Yeah, it just has to be that, that type of league. In, and you know what? In PPR, I don't even want him. Right. So it, there really isn't an in-between. So, like, my diversification is going to be based on my format with him versus, okay, let me buy a share here, sell a share here. Like, I have him in some point-per-carry leagues. And but I'm you like, say the same thing about Jamal Williams. Like, you'll buy him. You've been buying him. What's the difference? Jamal Williams don't catch the ball really that all either. It, yeah. I, I, I will take those guys in non-point-per-carry leagues. But I'm not pursuing them in non-point right. per carry. That's leagues. that's why I said I'll I'll sell for any second, but I'll buy for any third, and I'll just collect them like I would Jamal Williams. I mean, I have Jamal Williams, I think, in two of the four kitchen sink leagues, and those are not point per carry in their start one running back. But I'm like, you know what? I there's been weeks where I'm just like I'm playing Jamal Williams, Jeff Wilson. You know what I mean? I'm just yeah. flexing those guys. So those ones you can't really sell them for anything either. So it's like you either collect them in the leagues where you can't get anything for them or you collect them in the point per carry formats. Right. That's it. So, I mean, you you have to have a strategy behind those, but yeah, I think this range of running backs, if you can identify the running backs that are steady, that get touches that can command touches next year, that'll earn, even if it's not a pass catching role in a backfield, if it's just a backfield where someone's like, okay, we're going to have to give this guy half the touches. I want that at their dynasty right. price because the community is going to devalue Jamal Williams or Deontay Foreman or Brian Robinson because they're like, oh, dude, he's not fast. He's not an elite pass catcher. Like, this guy's a bomb. He's going to get right. replaced until you get to next year. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, Jamal Williams is our starter. And it's like, oh, right, shit. Right, right. And then everyone gives the coaches credit or crap because they go, oh, why are they starting this guy? He's a bum, you know? Yeah, but he gets the job done. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. All right, so let's hammer through these wide receivers, our final position that we're going to go through. So I might surprise you with my number one. I don't know. It's, it's a, a top 20 dynasty receiver. We'll see if you can get it just based off I, of his matchups. Just based off his matchups. So I created my list based on guys that I want to buy going forward. Okay. Like at receiver, I'm not necessarily targeting matchups per se. I'm looking right. for buying good good productive receivers yeah these are good productive receivers with good matchups for the rest of the season okay let's see if i can get it afc or nfc 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 hmm, there's a couple teams that i'm looking for who is a team we've brought up one of their players so far we haven't brought up anybody else from that team yet um I am guessing, are you thinking about buying, I know one based on their schedule. Do you want to buy Brandon Ayuk? No, I did have him on my list, but no, that was not one of them. Do you want to buy Marquise Brown? Um, I did not have the Arizonas okay. on my uh, list. Well, both of those are guys I want to buy, so go ahead. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about those guys, but no, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. 
Here's his, Raw, yep. Here's his matchups the rest of the year. Jacksonville at home this week should have a really, you know, what he's been doing all year. Then Minnesota at home. Minnesota's secondary is terrible. Then he plays at the Jets, and they don't, you know, Sauce Gardner isn't coming down in the slot to play over Amon Ross, so Amon Ross should be good there. At Carolina, they don't have a, a corner that can cover him in the slot. And then Chicago in the fantasy playoff or fantasy championship. Amon Ross got five smash games, and we're, he might be the difference maker again this year, kind of like he was last year. So Amon Ross definitely a guy I want to buy right now uh, as a league winner. So how do you get him? Would you give up the 102 for him? I don't know if I'd give up the 102, but I think maybe 104, 105 and lower. Okay. I think you might have to go a little higher to get him, just the way that receivers mm-hmm. are valued. But, I, I mean, it's I'd worth, be willing sh- it's to worth give shooting. Up, I'd be willing to give up my, like, 110, 111, 109, and another receiver to get him, too. Like, Jerry Judy and my 109 for him. Something like that. So how confident are you in this being a long-term dynasty trade too? I'm pretty confident because I think, I think we kind of talked about it last night um, with Ray. Like, I don't know if they get rid of, they move on from golf. And uh, Ray was telling me some info that he had gotten that he doesn't think the lions are like smitten with this quarterback class. So they might just roll with golf one more year again. Um, and that's fine because Amon Ra's been pepper or uh, Amon Ra's been getting peppered the shit out of by Goff, so I'm fine with that. So yeah, I think Amon Ra's another great buy. Plus, with Jamison Williams coming back here at the end of the season or next year, like that's gonna help take some pressure off of Amon Ra over the middle as well. And they don't have Hawkinson hogging targets either over the middle, so it's gonna be all Amon Ra. So yeah, I definitely love this for the future as well. Yeah, I'm going to do a whole breakdown on, uh, we'll do a, po- a Patreon episode on uh, Dynasty and Chill going through these receivers. But man, you go through and uh, look at some of these numbers. I mean, Amon Ross stacks up there. I wouldn't say he's elite, elite, but I mean, he's right there. So he's good. Yep. He's real good. So I, I think you're safe to buy long term, too. You know, this isn't just a schedule thing or, you know, when J Mo comes in, he's going to fall down a tier. Like, I, there, he's pretty bulletproof in terms of like there isn't a lot that can probably change his you know trajectory going forward is he top 20 top 15 i I think he's top 10 top 10 okay like you could probably argue you could probably argue amin ra over every rookie this year except for alave and garrett wilson Mm -hmm. like i think you you definitely trade like drake london plus to get amin ra you know, there's a, there's just a little risk with Drake London that doesn't exist with Amon Ra, I don't think. So, I mean, I, but I think he's in that range. Like, if you told me, okay, the the top receiver or two in this class kind of might be preferred over him just because it's the mystery box, and then a couple guys that are younger would jump over him in Dynasty, like, okay, I could see that. But he's clearly a top 15, but I think a lot of people put him in the top 12 in Dynasty, top 10. Okay. Like, truly, there's, there, there's no difference between him and, like, T. Higgins, Jalen right. Waddle, AJ Brown, you know what I mean? Like those guys are bigger names, but you look at the production, it's like they're all right around in the same range, you know? Okay. Go ahead and talk about uh Ayuk or Hollywood that you wanted to talk about real quick. Well, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm gonna do a 
a show on my Patreon. It's uh, patreon.com slash dynasty and chill. You'll get access to this show, but I'm going to go through and just break down like the current state of the receiver position and look for guys compared to their current prices. But yeah, I put uh, Brandon Ayuk as a guy that's a buy. I, he's got a pretty good schedule going forward. Um, mention the schedule. Miami, earlier. Tampa at Seattle, Washington yeah. at Vegas. Yeah, I mean, Vegas and Seattle have been like two the, the two worst defenses in the league. And Miami's been right there. Like those are th- three of your bottom seven defenses over the last like six weeks of the season. So, I mean, he's got great matchups. Uh, he's been their most productive pass catcher over Kittle and Debo uh, since Garoppolo took over. So you got that. Uh, he's good, man. Like this list that I put together, uh, he's he ranks 25th. Like the guys that are right around him, T. Higgins and Michael Pittman. Like, I'm not saying he's as good as those guys, but basically what this data the says. The difference that if, is a much, yeah. Well, but the data almost says, like, if you put him on the Colts and they had the same receiver room around him as they did Michael Pittman, like, he could be Michael Pittman. Yeah, I could definitely like, There's not a that. big difference. So, yeah. I mean, and then Higgins, like, Higgins is valued as a top 12 receiver in Dynasty. So, I think people kind of fade. People fade Ayuk because there's a lot of guys there, and... Debo's there, Kittle's there, it's the Shanahan offense. And I think the other thing with Ayuk that will be, maybe he's more of an off-season buy, which I don't mind doing it now if someone's willing to sell him because he has the good schedule and he can help you down the stretch. Uh, But I also think that the narrative on Trey Lance taking over in the off-season will actually depress his value even more. It'll be like, good job, Ayuk, you had a good season, but Trey Lance is going to come in and ruin it all because he can't pass, you know? Or that's going to be the narrative. So I'm okay betting on him. Uh, and the other one is Marquise Brown. I mean, Marquise Brown, people just hate when I keep bringing up the same names over and over and over and over. But when I pulled this data, there's, you know, guess who shows up in the top 12? Marquise Brown. And it's, I don't know if it's just people are sick of him. They're sick of him getting hurt. You know, they don't buy into the fact that, you know, he got traded or whatever it was, but boom, on this list, he shows up number 11, right by DK Metcalf, right by Amon Ross St. Brown, right by AJ Brown, right by Chris Olave. The other guy with Marquise Brown is DJ Moore. Like we know DJ Moore and Marquise Brown are good. Right. They just might not be in the situation that you want to buy. So he's another buy for me and he has a pretty good schedule down the road. They haven't had their bye week. They're having their bye week this week. Uh, but I mean, outside of the the game in week 15 against Denver, I mean, he gets Tampa and Atlanta in the last two games. So I think those could be games where they have to put up points, but the only fear would be, do they, do they still try to put up points? You never know. And the thing I liked about Hollywood last week is they said, Oh, he's going to be on a pitch count. Motherfucker had all the snaps. (laughs) He played them all. Yeah. He's clearly not. You, you, you really yeah, can't worry fine. about, the, there's no injury anymore. Like if he gets re-injured, he gets re-injured, but I'm not yeah. like, oh, worried about his foot injury or they're going to shut him right. down because he's not 100%. So I think he's a good buy yeah. and you just kind of got to get through the next couple weeks. I agree. My number two was C.D. Lamb. Obviously he's a top 10 dynasty wide receiver at Indy this week. Little top tougher three. matchup against Gilmore and them. Yeah, I mean he's top five probably. Uh, but he's got Gilmore this week. Could be a little bit of a tougher matchup. 
Um, but after that, he's got Houston at home, should smash them. At Jacksonville, should smash them. Philadelphia at home, I expect that to be a high-scoring Sunday night shootout game. And then at Tennessee, who's been god-awful in the secondary as well in the fantasy championship. So definitely some C.D. Lamb. Obviously, he's worth a first plus right now. You probably have to give up. Would you give up Drake London and a first to get CD? Uh, yeah, depends on where the first is, but I think that's a reasonable offer. From a process standpoint, would I just jump to do that in every league? Probably not. Right. But I'm but I'm also not in the I'm usually not in the business of paying a high first and a and a top fifteen receiver to upgrade because I right, right. I think you're kind of betting on the wrong type of bet there. My counter question to you. And then I'll let you rail off your your next couple, and then I have a few more buys. Okay. Would you pay the one hundred and one for CD? No. Okay. So there's completely very out. there's very few people I'd buy the one hundred and one for. Okay. That's I think like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and that might be it for the wide receiver list. Running back list, there isn't anybody. Not even Jonathan Taylor. It's basically Chase Jefferson and quarterbacks. That's the only yep. thing I I would want if I was giving up a one hundred and one right now. I agree with you. Yeah, if it's Bijan, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so CD Lamb, obviously, we kind of talked about him. My number three is another one uh, that's got really good schedule coming up, and he's been getting some very good fantasy usage um, from market share and, and all that stuff. Christian Kirk. Great matchup to end the year. At Detroit this week should be a high-scoring game. At Tennessee, they're shitty. Dallas at home uh, should be a high-scoring game. At the Jets, kind of like Amon Ra, they don't have somebody that's going to come in the slot and cover Christian Kirk. At Houston to end the year. Very, very good matchups for Christian Kirk to end the year. So that's another guy I'd be willing to buy right now. I'd probably say 109, 110, 111, that range I'd be willing to send for Christian Kirk. So he's the type, uh, we just had a talk on this uh, in the Discord earlier about buying receivers with late firsts. So it really has to be probably a team you need the points, right? Mm-hmm. You don't really want to buy for a first if that's just an investment. You want to buy for a first because you you want to take advantage of the schedule and have a guy you can use next year, right? Yes, 100%. Okay, I think he is a guy. If you send out a random first that appears to be late, that you can probably get Christian Kirk. I think that he—he's the first player you've brought up today. Where I'm like, okay, it's not that you can't buy them, but I think if you sent that offer, the other manager would probably be like, okay, I have to do a serious assessment of whether I'm going to get a better offer than this ever. Right. You know, like I think it's the first—it's the first player where I'm like, man, if you sent that, regardless. Even me, if I had the right team and I had a bunch of extra receivers, right? I might even take a first for Christian Kirk on the other side because maybe I can use the first somewhere else, you know? So I think that's the perfect range that you can buy him. I like it. Okay. Uh, Number four, not a guy that I'm necessarily, like, dying to buy, but his matchups are good. Keenan Allen. And you could probably buy him because nobody wants him. At Vegas, If this is if he stays healthy, knock on wood. At Vegas. Great matchup this week. Miami at home, great matchup. Tennessee at home, great matchup. At Indy, a little bit of a tougher matchup with Kenny Moore covering him in the slot, but not you know not like a death nail. Then the Rams at home to end the year. So Keenan Allen's definitely a guy I'd be willing to buy, especially if you have Herbert. Pair him up. Pair up Keenan Allen and Herbert and just ride it the rest of the year. What did we talk about last week? 
If you could trade DeAndre Hopkins for Keenan Allen in a second. Yeah. Do it, because Hopkins is on a bye. You got a decent game last week from him. So you got your points last week, and then what did we say? If you can use Hopkins, sell him for Keenan Allen this week and try to get a second, even if you have to give back a third. Like, you kind of know both receivers are going into the dead zone. Allen's already there. But Hopkins is going in the dead zone after this year, too. But for some reason, there's this narrative that he's just this amazing producer right now, which he is. Mm -hmm. But I think you could get similar production from Keenan Allen. You get an extra week because he's not on a bye this week. And you get the free second. So, I mean, even if you got to do a second and a third, I think if you have Hopkins on a bye, especially if you need to win and you want to kind of like find another receiver, you're not pivoting off of Hopkins to a receiver just as good as Hopkins. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of those are like, you know, Devontae Adams, you know what I mean? So no one's selling him for Hopkins. So it's like you kind of got to go to a little bit more of a risky range, but you have to buy a profile nobody wants. So I think that's the move. If you... I'd literally get off Hopkins for Keenan Allen in a second. Send it out. If it gets declined, it gets declined. People are petty enough. They'll just decline it because they can't play DeAndre Hopkins this week. Right. But try it. Yeah, and I'd be willing to, like, what would you give for Keenan Allen just straight up with no Hopkins or anything? Would you be willing to do any second? I don't even know. Like, I don't even know if like, the 212 gets it done. I think you got to get more. It, you do, but at the same time, again, this isn't even about the price. It's about the motivation of the person selling. Like three right. weeks ago when Keenan Allen re-aggravated his hamstring, dude, you couldn't get a bag of fucking boiled peanuts for him. Right. Seriously, you put him on a block in a league and people just like troll you with gifts. You know what I mean? Right, right. Like now that he's healthy, especially if he goes out and like has a good game, then it, it's going to be everyone's going to be looking to yeah. buy him. And the guy that was trying to sell him when he was injured – is going to be like, man, why do I really want to sell him? I don't want to sell for the yeah. second. But they would have prayed for the second four weeks ago. All right. I think another one off of this is Josh Palmer, too. I think Josh Palmer you could buy it and, and be willing to start, too. I know they were talking about him on the Underdog podcast yesterday that he's, like, top uh, top 10 in, like, fantasy points right now uh, lately. So Josh Palmer's another one. And then my last one, uh, number five, I mean, I have a bunch of other guys on here. I have Godwin, obviously Diggs, Adams, Chase. You're going to buy those guys. Christian Watson we talked about earlier. Great matchups to end the year. That was another one. But my last one is Garrett Wilson with the Mike White. At Minnesota this week should have a, a good matchup there. At Buffalo, you know, Tredavious White's just coming back, so it's not like they have an elite corner. Detroit at home, he should smoke whoever they have. Jacksonville at home should do good against them. At Seattle. So Garrett Wilson, I think he could be this year's, you know, I don't want to say Jamar Chase and have like monster numbers, but he could be the rookie receiver this year that wins it for you this year. So Garrett Wilson, and obviously you got to pay a top, you know, 105, 104 to get Garrett Wilson probably. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. The good thing about buying Garrett Wilson is that you're buying into the right direction in terms of the way the asset's going. Yeah but you're also paying a lot. I'll just say this. I would be fine actually selling Garrett Wilson if I can do one of those strong two-for-one deals where I pick up another receiver that's a tier below. And it's tough because you know as soon as the clock strikes midnight and the season's over, you're going to want to be holding Garrett Wilson assets. But there's some guys I'm looking in here going, can I get... 
like just like I mentioned earlier, can you do Garrett Wilson and get Christian Kirk in a pick? Can I get DK Metcalf in a first? I don't think you could do that, no. F- swap a first and a second? Uh, maybe. I could see that. I mean, I, I mean, do you think you could get Christian Kirk in a first for Garrett Wilson? I I think there's a chance, yeah. I think a lot of those receivers that are in that range that we kind of talked about is the dead zone of like, we know these guys aren't studs, but basically what you're doing is you're selling the fact that Garrett Wilson is very good, just not a stud. And if he is, then you lost. There's a potential you lost the deal. But if he just becomes, let's say he becomes the next Amon Ra St. Brown, like he produces what Amon Ra is this year for the next couple of years. You didn't necessarily lose that trade depending on what type of first you got and where you can maneuver with the first in the future. But I, I would be more on the sell Garrett Wilson side simply because, I mean, I've heard people saying he's the wide receiver three in dynasty. He's the next Justin Jefferson. Like that's how good he is. And I'm like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. Pump them a little bit, but I don't think it's that crazy, but it's it, just a tiny bit. It's not. I mean, listen, he could have a bad quarterback. I mean, when you're pairing him with one of the top efficiency elite passers in the league, I don't know what else to say. I think I think I had him coming into the league being drafted by the Jets. I had him 14th overall at wide receivers in my dynasty rankings. And, and now I you're pairing him with the next Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Mike White. Yep, I agree. <laughs> the, the next the next big thing. Oh, Oh, I like it. Right, any other wide receivers you want to hit hit us with before we end here? Um, I would say tune into that Patreon show that I do, uh, Dynasty and Chill, patreon.com slash Dynasty and Chill. One more that I did want to throw out there was uh, I, I still think you can buy Amari Cooper. Yeah, that's another good one with Deshaun. And, yep. and it's you have to get over the fact of what you could have bought him before the season when Brissett was going to take over because it feels like he's like 30% more expensive now. Yep. But it might be that 30% is worth paying. And I'll just say this. When I went through and, and looked at all of these receivers, Amari Cooper's in the top 12. Yep. So the, the idea that he's in the top 12 with Jacoby Brissett, I don't care about the up and down, inconsistent production, only plays well on the road, any of that bullshit or whatever the hell it was. I don't care. Like he's He's been very good this year. He's probably got another year. I mean, what's your thoughts on... I know the Browns are in a little cap trouble next year. Do you think they bring Amari back, though? Uh, I think that's a guy they restructure, and he's their guy next year? Yes, I I think so. So, I mean, if you got a receiver... Kareem Hunt's going to be gone. Ernest Johnson's going to be gone. So, there's some money gone. I'm sure they can restructure some other guys. So, yeah. Okay, so if you have a guy that's pretty clearly a top 20 or better receiver, just in terms of being a good receiver, right? And then you bring him into Watson's situation with him. I, I still think he's a good buy relative to his price. Like if you could trade, I don't know if you can trade a guy like Devontae Adams and get Amari Cooper plus, but like I would put him in that same range because I don't think you're taking a lot that's, of risk on. That's a really good uh, pivot. That's really or, good. More importantly, if you, can... if you Cooper Cup, if you lost him, I think Cooper would be viewed as a guy, ooh, he's not that good. I like and your he's not Adam... as good as Cup, but... Yeah, I like your Adams pivot, especially if you're like a contender right now. If you're the one, two, three seed and you have Adams, why not pivot off of Adams down to Cooper and get a first back and you might not be losing that much production 
at all. So I really yeah. like that idea. That's a good one. Yeah, I think you go uh, you go to the teams that have Cooper and see if they're interested in. I mean, I would try any of those pivots where you can move off of an. You don't what you don't want to do is you don't want to pivot off of a receiver that's better than him that also has more insulation. So you don't want to trade like Chris Godwin to get Amari Cooper. Would you trade like um, like Deontay Johnson for him? Mm, no, because I think Deontay's good too. But I mean, okay, if you want to eat the couple years and go for the now production, I get it. Okay. But no, I probably wouldn't. I think Deontay's good. Okay. So. All right. Well, that's that's it for this one. You wanted to do America's favorite game, and then we'll get out of here. Oh, I have no idea what you have planned. So let's. Neither roll. did I until this moment. Um, I did think of something last night, so I guess I'll just go with that. I'm pretty sure we didn't do this before. I think we've only done football, but. What is your favorite non-football movie that's uh, sports-related? So baseball, hockey, whatever. Oh, no, this is right up my alley. So they're almost all baseball-related movies. That Well, I have a lot of basketball ones, yeah, too. Yeah, there, there are like. some basketball-related movies, too. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple. I always I can never pick one. Yeah, so do I. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with a soccer movie. Okay. Okay. I probably haven't seen it, but go ahead. You probably have seen it, and you probably love it. Ladybugs. Oh, yes, I have seen that. It was a good Because it's really not a soccer movie. It's just Rodney Dangerfield ask, yeah. acting like a complete asshole. But yeah, I have seen uh, it, yes. It's, it's definitely a soccer movie-ish, but yep. really it's just a, it's a funny, it's a comedy that revolves around soccer. So right. there's that. Uh, I got to mention... The two baseball movies that are just classic. You got to go with Bad News Bears. Yep. Love, love the Bad the News original Bears. Original Bad News Bears where it's yep. like you can tell everything is not politically correct and not tactful. Yep. And, yep. I know. love the original. I love like whatever the second or third one when they go to the Astrodome. Yep. Like yep. that one too. That one. So Bad News Bears is up there. You got to, I got to mention Rookie of the Year. Yep. I know you love that. Love Rookie of the Year. Used to watch it every year on opening day. Just. I. I I like the movie, but I don't love it like you do. I, I the part the reason I liked it so much was the story. I thought it was so cool mm-hmm. that a kid could like break his arm and end up being like a pitcher in the major leagues. Which it, right. as you get older, you realize how unrealistic that is. But right. The but also the character that just cracks me up is Daniel Stern. Yeah, as uh, as the coach. Yeah. Daniel Stone, Daniel Stern as the pitching coach. Just, I can't think of his name, but the guy, the the weird pitcher to uh, the guy from Home Alone, the one of the bandits. Yeah, that's Daniel Stern. Oh, okay. I thought you meant the yeah. coach. The I thought you meant the actual. No, coach. you're talking Chet Stedman, uh, Gary Busey. No, but Daniel yeah. Stern. No, no, in Home no, Alone. no, no. That's that's the pitcher, the actual coach, the uh, yes. black gentleman. Okay. I forget. Okay. You know, I thought that's who you meant. Okay. No, I, Daniel I, Stern yeah. was the pitching coach in Rookie of the Year. I okay. forget I what his say, character's his name, name was. was. Yeah, I don't either. But yeah, I, 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 he was funny too. Yep. So that one in uh in Bad News Bears always pop up, and there's a few others. I mean, like the Sandlot's always good. Angels in the Outfield, I love. Angels in the Outfield was one I was going to mention. Yep, I love Money Moneyball would be my one if I had to pick just one out of all the other sports yep. movie Moneyball. And I also love uh, Little Big League with the kid taking over the Twins. Yep. Always love that. It's just movie. as unrealistic as uh, yeah. the Rookie of the Year, but yeah, that's a good a one. Field, too. Field of Dreams, I, al- I always love that movie as well. That's, I mean, it's, I guess it's about baseball, but some, some of it's not. 
Um, basketball movies, you gotta like Blue Chips. Blue Chips is awesome. I love Eddie. Have you ever seen Eddie with yep. Whoopi Goldberg? Yep. I, I yep. love that movie. Um, Celtic Pride. That was a good, another yep. good one. And it has the same actor in it. Um, Daniel Stern. Yep. Yeah, Daniel Stern and. Uh, <laughs> Blanking on the other guy, the guy from Ghostbusters. Um, was it Dan Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that, Damon Wayans. Yep. Damon Wayans was uh, was the guy uh, from for Utah. Um, shit. There's. Uh, I love uh, Slapshot. That's a that's a 1970s 80s yep. movie hockey movie. That's just fucking awesome with the Hansons. Uh, love that movie. Mighty Ducks. Yeah, Mighty Ducks. That's an easy one. Yep. I love all. The first one's good. The second one, I think second one is my favorite. The third one is, eh, it's okay. I've also been watching the Disney um, series on it. The, uh, the finale just came out yesterday. I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I've been watching uh, those as well. Um, man, there's got to be some more that I'm just missing off the top of my head here. I mean, there's a lot of other ones, like A League of Their Own is pretty good. Yeah, there's a, a lot of baseball. Own, yeah. There's a lot of baseball movies that are good that are... You know they're they're cool. Like this one, people will probably think is really really cheesy, but Summer Catch. I love that fucking movie. I love Summer Catch with Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, Jessica Biel. Yep. Oh, give me some Jessica Biel all day. Yep, I agree. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that movie. That's a great call. I forgot about that. Um. Oh, and here's one that's not that. This one's great. This this is probably in the, in the top five that I totally forgot because it's not really a sports movie, but it okay. is. Basketball. I love basketball too. Yeah. Anybody that game. anybody that's going basketball, what is that? If you're under like thirty years old, you're probably like, what the fuck is that? You just yeah. gotta watch it. It's it's a different type of comedy that I think it's, would it would yeah, just get absolutely crushed on like social media today. But oh, it, yeah. it's hilarious. It's, yeah, it's from the creators of South Park. They made their own like sports movie. And it's them as the main actors of the movie, and it's basically shooting basketballs. And you had like each shot was a different home run or a single or a double or whatever. Me and my friends used made this game up in elementary school. God, we were watching this shit in elementary school and playing basketball at recess and shit. That's how that's how much I like that movie. So well, and the really f- the cool. best part about it is that they have while you're playing, they have the psych outs where you can just like sit there and like throw insults at the guy that's shooting the shot, and then to see if you can get a reaction. Oh, like, that's two, the funny two part. major ones that we missed: Major League, Major League. Yep, all all three of them. I'll even yep, take. Well, I'll even bat take back to, to the bat monitors, for the yep. third. The third one was was really solid story. I like that. And then the other main one we missed is Rocky. Yep. The Ro- all all the Rocky, well, the fifth one kind of sucked, but the rest of them were all pretty good. Yeah. So. Yeah, we could I'm do sure literally a keep... whole episode on sports movies. Oh yeah, for sure. But we're over two hours already, so we won't keep you any longer. But no, this is a good episode. I think a good exercise for everybody. You know, go win your playoffs. This is a way to do it. This is how you acquire these players. So this is a good exercise. I liked it. Yeah, me too. This is one of our more fun episodes. We kind of just got to talk through, uh, you know, kind of things you can do during the rest of the year. And I think we did hit on a lot of the, 
the trade types or the prototypes that you can right, try yeah. to give, give get you some done. ideas of what to do. Yeah. So exactly. All right. Well, that is it for this week, guys. I am at Eric Vanek NFL on Twitter. You can also find the show at America's game pod on Twitter as well. Make sure you guys join the discords, sign up at the uh, all gas Patreon or the dynasty and chill Patreon as well. Sign up, come join us in the chats. We're always in there talking all day long about anything, so make sure you guys do that. Sign up for the newsletter, allgas.beehive.slash subscribe. Make sure you guys uh, check that out every single Friday as well. But anything else you want to tackle, Scott? What do you got coming up on Destination Dynasty? Uh, yeah, last episode of the roster construction series. Going to tie them all together. Uh, it'll be more of a strategy piece, just trying to get people to it not only embrace the roster construction, but how to get there. Cause I've got a lot of questions. Hey, I've been listening to your series and uh, I have this roster. Where do I start? Cause it's easy to talk about in practice or in theory, but when you actually take a team and you go, how do I get there without just like dropping all my players and stuff? Like there is a, a method to try to work there organically without just being able to like hit the reset button and join a new league. So it's easy to do in a startup where you can say, I have a template of where I'm going to build but just some some ways to get there, some tricks and tips to get there if you have an existing team. So that'll be the last episode uh, coming up on uh, Monday. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, good luck here in week 13, week 14, trying to get into your playoffs. And we will see you guys next week for episode 22. Have a good one. (laughs) 